I'm Eugene Kim, and I welcome you to On Death, the podcast where we talk about death through the four prompts. I am, before I die, I want, when I die, I want, and after I die, I want. This week, we sit down with John Giacalone. John is a 34-year-old husband, coach, and observer of patterns. I met John through mutual friends when I tweaked my neck after moving up to Pennsylvania. Here, he is known as the Mobility Doc and the founder of the Lehigh Valley Barbell Club. During this conversation, we discuss his vision for the future of both physical medicine and the world at large, speaking with his dying grandfather on the day of his wedding, and why he wants to be the guy that nobody knows. Before we talk more about John and this awesome conversation, I want to talk about my long-form Sundays posts, or also known as in collected form on the education of a physician. Uh, These are my weekly reflections of medical school uh, and everything that goes on around medical school, uh, from the first anatomy lab to now, the start of fourth year. So on June 13th, 2018, I published On Four Clerkships or Third Year A Postmortem. This week, I reflected on the madness of third year. I review the trials of each clerkship and imagine what I would tell Eugene from one year ago. Then more recently, on June 20th, 2018, I published On Frustrating Starts or the Beginning of Fourth Year. This week, I reflected on the start of the fourth and final year of medical school, a week of lectures and simulation when we want to focus on board exams and residency applications has led to frustration. I reflect on the causes of this frustration and try to go into the second week of prologue with a different mindset. So you can find all of these posts uh, in their entirety at mnmwad.com. That is mobility and mindfulness work of the day, the umbrella project for both on death and on the education of a physician. Uh, that is mnmwod.com. So back to John. John is a husband, a coach, and an observer of patterns. Before John dies, he wants to make sure that everyone he cares about is secure for the rest of their lives. When John dies, he wants people to continue as normal. After John dies, he wants people he cares about to continue on. In conclusion, John says, find something that you care about so deeply that it causes you to be emotional. Something that you connect with so strongly that no matter what it is, make that thing, make that the thing that you do for the rest of your life. Good stuff, John. So this, as I mentioned, this was a really great conversation. Uh, when you see John, he's, you know, he's kind of like a, a, a yoked uh, white dude, big, big kind of beard, big, like bris- bristle patty kind of beard, um, good posture. And, uh, and, you know, on, on, from just looking at him, it, it kind of a, almost like a flat affect or just like, it's just like, you, there's not a whole lot that uh, I can hear from him, you know? And uh, so when I sat down to talk with him, I was like, hey, this will be really interesting because uh, I had some friends, as I mentioned, uh, recommend him as a uh, as he's uh, he trained as a chiropractor. And uh, he was like, hey, you should check this dude out. He's going to help you out if you need any if you need any if uh, any any physical medicine. He's the guy to go to in the area. And so I, I went to him, talked with him and I was like, oh, this, this is a cool guy. And uh, so I wanted to sit down and have a conversation with him for the podcast. And I also didn't really I also had no idea kind of what I was going into. Just like, oh, th- I think this will be a cool conversation. And uh, something that we talk about is how uh, he he is a very emotional guy, but you just don't you just don't see it. He he does a very good job of of, of giving a very calm exterior, and uh, you know I I I totally buy that. It's because uh, we connected a lot on through this conversation. Both I think we see the world similarly in that we see the world differently than most people. Um, and I liked I liked really digging into like the the way that we see the world sort of binaries and uh, the way that that kind of that binary source code for seeing the world kind of expresses itself in different ways for for each of us. 
And uh, we also talk about, um, the, one, for me, the, the meat, the, the real emotional crux of this conversation was talking about when he was uh, on the day of his wedding, after he got wed to Chloe, um, his, his now spouse, uh, he was able to talk with his grandfather. And his grandfather was on his deathbed and uh, actually died later that day. Um, and uh, just what a wild and crazy symmetrical and beautiful and tragic uh, series of events because you have this beautiful starting moment and you have this this uh, tragic ending and uh, I, there's just some something there and uh, it's a really and he, he you'll hear it too he, he talks about this trick that he does to not cry where he'll just stop breathing and I remember looking over at him once when he kind of stopped stopped making any noise and I looked over and he's like yeah whew. yeah and I was like that that yeah it's, it's very funny the, the the little tricks that we all have to uh, you know um, not control, but suppress emotion. And uh, we also dig into some really good stuff during the intro uh, or my warm-up questions. So I include that towards the end of the, uh, after we finish, wrap up the final prompt and get his concluding thoughts, um, I include the, the, my intro questions for him uh, because he gets into some really cool nitty-gritty about what his vision is for the gym, for, his, for what he wants his uh, physical medicine, medical practice to be. Uh, I think it's really, really great stuff. So um, I hope that you are really interested in it and I hope that uh, you you aren't too bored by my uh, long rambly conversation and that you are really excited for this great conversation with John Giacalone on death. It is April 8th, 2018, and I'm sitting here in the Lehigh Valley Barbell Club with John Giacalone, and we're going to be talking about death through the four prompts. John, what are the four prompts? I am, before I die I want, when I die I want, after I die I want. Excellent. And how do you finish the first prompt, I am? I am a husband, a coach, and an observer of patterns. Nice. Okay, uh, what, uh, what, okay. what does it mean to be a husband to you? Uh, to be a husband to me ha means to like, learn to have like, a, a level of empathy and compassion uh, I, um, and awareness outside of myself that... I was not aware of before I met my wife. <laughs> like I like uh, can truly say, like looking back at former former Chloe, like before Chloe, I call it BC actually. <laughs> BC. Yeah. I um I was very much wrapped up in myself and what mm -hmm. I was doing. Um, and then after Chloe, uh, like I just it was like a switch went off, and um, as a husband, I've just learned how to be a better friend and better person uh so you know. what uh when what how long ago was bc uh technically bc would have been uh anything further than five years back gotcha but like the 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 switch flipped probably three years ago gotcha and uh what uh, like do you, do you, was there anything that you like felt was like the that made the switch from like dude to husband, or, or like was it a, a, a bunch of things and you kind of like look back and like oh well I came really far, or, or like what 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 marked that switch for you? Yeah, um, what was really interesting was that uh, like for Chloe and me, uh, we we started with just a friendship, mm -hmm. um, and uh, we like our parents were trying to force us together. Um, <laughs> Her mom was a patient, um, and then 
Chloe was a member of a CrossFit gym that I was inside of. Mm -hmm. And uh, everyone was like, oh, you guys are similar in profession and you're both single and you're roughly the same age. So like you guys Just should talk. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Chloe's mom, my dad are like, they, they like are great at conspiring. Um, so, uh, so we like didn't really develop in, in, a, in any kind of intimate way first it was like just friends and like who had great conversations who and chloe um has this incredible like gift of like not just like gross like not just gross intelligence but also like um her like a, like the way she see things sees things mm -hmm. um so like we would just hang out a lot and talk about work which i think she was into um <laughs> uh and uh, and uh, and then we would uh, and then slowly that kind of transitioned over time and uh, but there was like a moment where uh, we broke up which is where like the switch really flipped where like Chloe wasn't sure if she wanted to get married period um, I wasn't sure either but then I was more into it than she was and then I defaulted to my typical like. I'm just not going to be invested in this. And then I'll just wait for you to like break up with me. Mm. Clay broke up with me. And then I, and then I remember distinctly, I had to, I went actually to meet Kelly Starrett at his gym in San Francisco. And I was there and it was like, they t I did my typical, like, I'm just going to forget this person and go about my life. And that had always worked in the past, but there was like this thing in me that was like, this, you're like, like I just like this unsettled feeling where I was like, I just didn't feel like I made the right decision. Mm -hmm. And then I realized like, oh man, I really don't want to live without this person. Mm -hmm. uh, and so like it, when I had that awakening was when like, I just like reopened up um, as like, like with emotion and things that I had probably suppressed for a long time in a relationship sense. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, that, that like uh, you need to like really like kind of get close and then think and then realize like oh this isn't a guarantee like mm -hmm. I can lose it and it can be all of my fault and then you're <laughs> yeah, like yeah. shit yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, move yeah. on yeah. and then like realize like, okay now let's let's do this because this is real and like it's like uh, it's a little bit different than other things that you might have experienced in the past so it's like all right this is there's something special here let's not lose it yeah and um I think it's it's interesting the like the the idea of like um just just having silly old patterns and then moving on to a, like a different level of awareness like afterwards where you're like oh like like a little bit of mind blown and then you like kind of get a, a view of like a hundred feet up mm -hmm. just like understanding like oh i'm not the center of everything right now. yeah it was like the sixth sense the end of the movie where you like you get like a whole different perspective mm -hmm. if someone hadn't seen it i won't spoil the end <laughs> it's a good movie but the uh but it's that like all of a sudden you're seeing something through a different lens mm -hmm. or like you have a broader scope of like what like you said just like you're pulled out and you're like hovering way up and you're like oh man that's the full picture um so yeah it was uh that was like one of the worst and best moments of my life worst in the like I wasn't quite sure she was going to take me back mm -hmm, mm -hmm. best because it turned into the greatest thing that's happened to me in my life uh which is being married to Chloe and uh, okay so so you had this realization you, you like had this long long like courting period and then you had this low point and then you kind of came back and now you're doing some cool stuff together mm -hmm. now 
Um, what, uh, how, how has your relationship changed and deepened as those years have gone on? Um, so at first, Chloe was working full time for another, like for a, a, a large uh, outpatient center in the mm-hmm. hospital system. Um, and they like she was she had been there f- through her before she went to PT school through her clinical affiliations, and then they like loved her and took her on and and um, she had like so she was what was significantly different was I was working like self employed uh, Chloe was working for a large company and so there would be. Like, especially then, like, I, I'd work a good bit now, but then it was just me. I mean, and my father, but, like, I was in my own space and he was in his own space physically. Mm-hmm. So, like, anything that needed to get done, we do ourselves, um, or at least did ourselves. So I would maybe work, like, you know, 70 or so hours, like, in the office. Mm-hmm. And then I still had, like, like tens of hours sometimes at least doing like notes and billing. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I uh, like Chloe, like, so I, there was all this time without Chloe. Um, so before it was like, I knew certain people and was better than I knew my wife. Um, um, and even before she was my wife, my girlfriend, because I just would spend so many more hours with them. And, uh, and then which now that we work together, people often assume that we would get tired of each other or like maybe there'd be some kind of head butting, you know, mm-hmm. um, but that really doesn't happen here. Um, and I think it's largely because Chloe has her own voice and has her own patience and she's developed her own, like her own identity inside of here. And we like, like we coexist in a space, but often won't like, even have much interaction like we'll have like we will like we'll joke and it'll be fun but it's like we like we do, like we just feel close enough that we're not far away from each other mm-hmm. but not so close that we're like suffocating mm-hmm. um so like that i think also has helped because chloe has appreciated more so like um, what it meant some of the times where maybe i was like getting a like i had a gymnast who was an elite who had an injury and needed me to go in at like eight o'clock at night on like a Saturday because this would be the difference between like the potential like college scholarship that they were supposed to get or the code. So, and like, it's tough to like, like that's easy to understand, but it's also difficult as a spouse or significant other to like go, Oh no, that's cool. Like go to work right now and like cancel our plans. Like, uh, Mm -hmm. um, but like, um, you know some of the so like Chloe now has like a really deep uh, appreciation for for work home life balance and um, and we've and she's helped me a lot with that um, in like having better boundaries so our like relationship has improved significantly um, because we um, help each other to like to have better to have better boundaries in our work space with our personal life and professional life and, 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 um, but also to like open up our boundaries a little bit, um, where we might be closed off and it might be like, and it might be just like counterproductive as a person, not even just as a business, um, like, uh, like, like 
caring on another level outside of like the typical, I like work my 40 hours. And like when I go home, I don't have to think about this person. Mm -hmm. um, and Chloe was in a situation where she was bouncing between all of her outpatient centers. So she would like jump in, see what's going on with someone, help and offer some advice. And then she might not ever see that person again. Where now there was like a beginning and an end. We see like a patient through like their full spectrum of their physical injury, mm -hmm. uh, often at least. So it's like you were like you, you like you get all the highs and the lows of like progress and setback and mm -hmm. like but you really invest. Yeah, in you're the patient, yeah. In like the experience. Yeah. yeah. So that like in a weird way, I think I know it keeps coming back to sound like work, but that has really like so. I think the main point is though that our relationship has significantly improved as we both helped each other to like, uh, and that's happened because we've been working together. Mm -hmm. And it's not, and like something that you mentioned earlier about like being able to um, have like almost like complementary uh, interests and, and like desires so that it's like, okay, it might be, it, like if it was just your, John's way or just Chloe's way, things would probably be pretty good. Like mm -hmm. it would probably work out all right. Mm -hmm. um, but with both of your inputs and uh, like, you know, complementary like, visions of what to do and what needs to be done then things are awesome like way like it's uh, yeah. like uh it's more than just adding it together it's like significantly better yeah, exactly and uh what uh and also it sounds like that's sort of how like when you when you're working together you're working together but you're not both doing the same thing you're doing different things but in a very complementary way that that adds to the whole like identity of the space rather than just your own thing yeah and it really like, the thing that I hadn't thought of um, originally but it like even as like a as a clinician like uh, Chloe and I like we've learned a lot from each other being able to work next to each other mm -hmm. so like um, it's it's a it's really awesome to like be inspired because I see her, I see Chloe like do something with a patient and I'm like, oh man, that's a really good idea. And then like, <laughs> and then like I'll do that and then maybe I'll have a twist on something and Chloe go, oh, I hadn't thought of that. And then, so like we have these like really, it's like, it's like dynamic real time brainstorming happening. Mm -hmm. And so like uh, we've been, like, it's just this really cool, like, like you said, it's why it's not just like one plus one is two as much as it's also not one minus the one would be zero, but like there's like some other kind of compound, compounding thing happening when we're together. Like some little bit of magic. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I see. All right. So, um, and I'm sure that this thread of being a husband and, and your relationship with Chloe is going to follow us through this whole conversation. Yeah. I'm sure. So let's, let's move on to the next thing on the list, which I think is coach. Yeah. What is, uh, what is, what is coaching to you? Coaching to me is um, a word that has been changing over the last few years. Um, or like originally I started, um, like I would coach people in the sense of you are the athlete, I am the coach, mm -hmm. this is the programming, I see you do things and give you advice on how to do it differently or possibly better. Um, but... Um, Coaching has like grown wider for me into um, like at, you know the more like our even our club has grown for the weightlifting team. Mm -hmm. um, coaching has turned into helping people that are like a part of us during like rough times in their life, um, mm. like 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 
coaching became also like life coaching in a sense, um, like coaching and, and mentoring, like kind of blur and, and are maybe the same. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so like when I see myself as a coach, it's more so from the, um, I've started really enjoying mentoring people and now more like mentoring mentors mm-hmm. um, and like uh, coaching people to that like I know have that a, a capability or capacity to to like to to actualize that ability and potential of like being a really good coach for someone else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like my like now I'm like it's like who I'm mentoring or who I'm coaching is changed also. I see. Yeah, there's <laughs> sorry, while you're talking, I think there's this like silly joke about like for British actors, they go through these phases of like being like they start when they're young, they start out as like the prince in movies or like the prince or the soldier. And then once they like hit their like 30s, then they're like the general or the king. Mm-hmm. And then once they hit their like 50s, 60s, then they become like the wizard, you know? Like, <laughs> like they like they like level up and like I, I also and I feel that same way about like about coaching. Like coaching like on the first level is like okay, me and the athlete, like me and the group of athletes is like that. It's this is this is what coaching is. And now I'm hitting this level um, where it's like where I think of coaching as like coaching coaches allows you to have much wider influence because you're rather than being limited by your ability to like how much coaching can I do in one hour with like this group of people or this one person it's like how much can we develop these skills in these individuals so that they can then go and do those things Mm -hmm. Um, and that's like a much more interesting level that's like that's like getting to that like lord king level and like I don't even know what wizard (laughs) says would be as a coach but you know what I mean it's like there's something there's something really interesting about being able to like kind of take yourself out of that like interaction necessarily and then expand that interaction to sort of see like what are the inputs and how can we really uh, look at this as like not a zero-sum game as more of like a like everybody can grow at the same time mm-hmm. or like even faster if we grow together mm-hmm. what um what so like at when I coached a lot I would like kind of like hit these like revelations every once in a while I'm like oh my god I think of everything differently now but like uh, do you do you have some of those and do you, have you had one of those recently of like oh this kind of changes what what coaching means to me yeah, I, um, so one of the things I think that I've learned more as I've been coaching in like the traditional sense is um, uh, that uh, there, like, it, this might sound obvious, but like really believing that there isn't like just one way, you know, <laughs> like that, because um, it's very easy to identify with like this method or system, like this is what, like this is what's right. Mm-hmm. But then, like, realizing that, like, just having so many athletes sometimes just trying some, like, I guess what's, like, the revelation is that, like, you, like, you can, you can experiment and it'll be okay. Like, you're, like, not, um, like, as long as you're making sure that it's safe and, and, like, it's not, you know, like, there's no way someone's getting injured you can try things and like it might make a significant difference for one or one for the other. Um, uh, and also I think the biggest, I think one of the biggest revelations I've had actually would be that um, I can't care more than the other person or like my caring won't make up for their lack of caring. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and like I've had a, like I'm better at it now I think, but like I definitely, 
because I, 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 and I've said it a couple times, but I'm really binary. So I like have struggled in the past with like, you, you know, do or do not, there is no try, like mm-hmm. that kind of idea. Mm-hmm. And um, so like training versus working out, like, um, like training implying that there's a goal or like an intention. Mm-hmm. Um, and I used to really think that everyone needed to be training for something or there was no purpose. Mm-hmm. But then I like was also like putting my, like m- my own like needs and desires ahead of others, like in the belief that like, just because that's my purpose or that like helps me have a purpose, that doesn't mean that, that like, you know, you don't need to actually train for so like training in and of itself or exercise in and of itself can be the purpose. Um, so like I've started to do a better job of not trying to force people to care more about something that maybe really doesn't matter or mm-hmm. like competing in weightlifting, for example, mm-hmm. it's like an obvious one for me where I have someone who's this incredible athlete and I'm like, and this has happened a couple times now where I'm like, with their parents, especially because they tend to be a little younger in this case, but like if your son or if your if your daughter would just do this, I really think <laughs> like she's potentially going to be amazing. Like she could make a USA team. Like this could open some doors. Um, but they're like, yeah, but my kid just kind of wants to do like the school sport, and I'm like, but like this is such a disservice. Like like this is like a tragedy like she could, like <laughs> like, th- like there's so much potential you're just wasting but then i then you realize it's not really wasted potential if the other person like if that's not what they want like mm-hmm. for themselves like like it's not like that maybe like i thought potential was there and it's not like they don't have potential but that potential in particular that thing that i was weighing so heavily it's not really actually there it's just what i want to believe to be there cuz they don't like they never were going to do it and it's mm. not going to matter what I say. So it really didn't exist in the first place. Mm. I was making it exist. You were like pushing it on them. Yeah. Like I, yeah, I was creating and kind of fabricating and like, and I still believe that, that, that these people in my head, like I know that what they were capable of potentially at least, but, uh, but yeah, so I've, I've, uh, I've think that's been my biggest revelation is learning how to be a better cheerleader for people uh, being a better mentor and coach for people and like and being a better coach or mentor means just also just like supporting them better mm-hmm. yeah and like where they are now not where you think they should be or where they you think they should be going just yeah. be like where do you want to go bro and then like let's figure out how to get you there yeah I see and uh, what um, what do you see uh, how, what do you see your role as a coach because I know we talked before the interview about your your vision for what you want like the the space of like lehigh valley barbell to look like and to do and to be in the future for like the next 10 years but like what how do you see your role as a coach changing as time progresses as the as the space expands um i i think that i'm gonna be more and more the guy that nobody knows (laughs) like which i like i really like am good with Mm -hmm. um I um I had a really interesting conversation with my 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 lead coach here um, Isaiah, and um, we were talking about other programs that have existed throughout like at least modern history in the U.S. and um, it seems to be that if there's a coach a like an original coach who creates a gym mm-hmm. or a team and 
he brings on another coach that like because he needs he needs another person that if that other coach is going to ever really develop that ultimately that former main coach needs to like step away otherwise you like you're like you can't have two two main you can't have two main coaches Mm -hmm. like you have to allow for that person to have their voice and make their decisions and not one worry about how I myself as their boss might be reacting um, and they like might like they might be changing what they're doing also like it's really easy for me to overshadow somebody mm-hmm. unintentionally um, and so like basically all of like the like maybe not all but some of the better programs that what's happened is that that person who created the thing steps into the background and just and just feeds wherever it needs to be fed it's almost like a the petri dish that you need to refeed at times and like mm-hmm. you need to know what you need to give it and if you don't give it that it still it still dies without that person but mm-hmm. like but um but like at the same time like you need to like get out of it or you're contaminating it and mm-hmm. like you're going to ruin it so mm-hmm. like i think i like in the future I'm gonna be. I probably have special projects that, like, I pick. I have a few people that I still program for specifically, and and I'm still currently going to all the national meets. But um, in the future, I'll I'll be less and less present in like the day to day, which will be really hard for me because I have big FOMO, <laughs> and um, and I like. And it's hard for me to like not want to like manipulate things in front of me and be like and like put my like two cents in but uh that'll be a good creative project for me it'll be a growth opportunity yeah right? yeah yeah have, what when you're talking about like the, the ability to like step back have you ever seen that documentary Jiro dreams of Sushi? oh god that's my right? favorite it's so because yeah. it, like that's like that's the thing that you were talking yeah. about right like the the son who's just as good, basically yeah. is the chef now, but like no one knows or respects him because he's not Jiro, he's yeah. not the dad. And that handoff is gonna happen one at one time or another where the head coach, the head, per, like the creator is gonna die or something. You know, mm-hmm. like the, there's things are gonna happen such that they're gonna have to leave eventually. They're, you know, you're not gonna be around forever. And then like, it's it can either be a peaceful transition or it can be a crazy chaotic one. Yeah, yeah, I literally cried during that that uh, documentary. Like those kind of things, like I I connect with deeply. Mm-hmm. Um, also, like Jiro's like sent that like that linear focus and like waking up and doing the same thing every single day. Like to some people, sounds like a bit like uh, like uh, maybe redundant and like a nauseating kind of sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. But like when you've perfected, it's more like he's when like a pursuit of absolute perfection and like you have that system, like I just think there's something beautiful about that, what Jiro managed, but also really like interesting in the Jiro, like he's holding on strong much later in life than he should have. Mm-hmm. And like these, the conflict between his two sons and- um, It's like a very beautiful yeah. example. It's, it's, it's tragic because it's just like, there's not a whole lot you can do, but it's at the same time, it's like, there's, there's, you can see like how it all happened. Yeah, and uh, I think that you having that 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 like emotional uh, awareness to like be willing to step back now, like before it comes to a head, before it really becomes a problem, is I think a great sign because it's just like yeah, you really you can micromanage and things will be fine, but they will come to a head at some point. Yeah, yeah exactly. All right, and so uh, I think the next thing 
that you said, uh, so you're a husband, you're a coach, and an observer of patterns? Yeah, yeah exactly. What, um, what, what patterns do you observe? Um, so in my mobility doc work life, uh, like movement patterns, like uh, patterns of uh, like the like uh, like things that all people seem to do when they have like a shared like commonality in an injury, like mm -hmm. people with shoulder pain and just the way that they initiate rate like flexing their arm. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, um, so like uh, you know everything from that to when I'm coaching in at in Lehigh Valley Barbell. Um, we like I, I primarily specialize in snatch and clean and jerk through Olympic for Olympic weightlifting. So they're like they're it's like a, an amazing like a snatch is the fastest most explosive barbell movement period. It occurs in like just over a second, and like it involves like flexibility and stability in every joint in the body. Mm -hmm. um, and there are people doing like two times body weight in the world. Um, uh, and like, but, and like, while that looks like this, like gross motor strength thing, it's this amazing break. Like it's, it's a ton of patterns that are going off at the right time and in the right sequence. Um, so like, I, I really enjoy, I really enjoy systems. So like with the snatch, like that comes into it that way. And then for, for my work life, um, and the creative aspect of when I added the gym or when we add like a new component to what we do with work, like the workshops and with my wife's doing with um, this pre-posed method that she's been developing for uh, like having like a actual structure to like the like mindfulness. Um, the uh, so like to do that, uh, that creative outlet takes like you have to look at what people are doing and say like identify a need um and, and and then like try to observe like patterns of reactions maybe and interests and like mm -hmm. my words and what i say and how i choose to convey this thing we're trying to create and like does that are the words i'm using like when i chose the name mobility doc like the, like does that mean something like what does that mean to people and like what kind of reaction am i getting when i say that like mm -hmm. so um, I'm an observer of patterns. Like I like to know, like I can, like I like to, I like to hack at something, and like I'll do it a thousand times until like I until I know like the the response. Um, and then like once I know the response, I like to like I like to compile those predicted like responses like I'm really into behavioral economics like I've been reading a lot about that because mm -hmm. I like the like predictable irrationality mm -hmm. um, like I think it's really fascinating to know that like I look at a sign and it's you know I don't even realize that they've like used that sign a hundred different ways or at any one moment Facebook has like a thousand different forms of Facebook mm -hmm. and like we're all just using different forms and they're collecting data to see like how does this one little thing differ in how I react to it. Mm -hmm. So I, I really like, I really like breaking things down into the most basic components and everything that I do. And then like figuring out the best way 
to 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 like execute what I'm trying to do based on how I broke it apart and when I put it back together what happened. Mm-hmm. So I see like a confluence of a couple of things. I see like like the 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 like at the base of it like that that binary view of the world like on off like something new is happening so you it's like allows you to like look at things in a very experimental way and then i see then layered on top of it this observing of patterns and then i see on top of that like the the expression of those that observation is then like your coaching or your practice Mm -hmm. um and like what what do you think came first like where where is the root of all it is it that binary uh viewpoint of the world or is, is it the being a very observant person and then like collecting all these patterns and then putting into practice like where where did the all start yeah it's a good question Mike when I like my parents have a joke that they'll like pull out often where they'll like say in the exact tone I'm about to deliver it <laughs> like this is John happy this is John sad this is John mad um, I uh, I'm not like a I'm inwardly very expressive but outwardly I don't show a lot of emotion mm-hmm. um, which like um, when someone gets to know me, they realize I'm like I'm like filled with emotion, but but like I like have just like a really calm demeanor outwardly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think there's a bit of um, it goes back to my my childhood, um, and not necessarily in the way that I was raised per se. My my father uh, is like this like really amazing person, and he's very emotional. So like, and like very hourly emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, and my, my, uh, my mom is like a little bit more inwardly emotional, but she's a little less rational. So I don't know. I've thought before, maybe I used to think I was more like my father, but then I think that sometimes I'm a little more like my mom in some ways. And, and maybe I developed like a binary view of the world and because of like, everyone else's um, um, irrationalities and like how I decided like I was going to like how I was going to like counteract that like how I would how I would act in like taking like what I liked from different things mm-hmm. um, but it's really it is a bit odd like I don't know I don't know why I like I don't know why I why I observe as much as I do but I remember from a young age and I think other people can relate to this but like I um, used to like sit in like we lived in New Jersey that was like a bi-level house and the TV room and stuff was in like the lower level and I would listen to like footsteps above me and I would like make note of like the sound and the, the speed and like I would started to like be able to figure out like who was above me or who was coming down like I could mm-hmm. I knew which family member because I, I and then and then I and I would like start doing things like that. Like from a young age, I would try to, like I learned in anthropology when I was in high school about like there's this like there's this like social distance like that um, like a physical space that is like a, kind of like a standard that everybody mostly like majority people seek to have. So it's almost like we like always want to be X number of inches away from each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I like, and, uh, and like in like animal populations and more primitive humans, like this idea of like alpha and like if like in a simple experiment of like walking through a hallway and just don't move and like <laughs> you can see like quickly, like 
who thinks you're an alpha and who believes that they are, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. But, like, I would, like, do things like this really early on just to see, just to, like, experiment and, um, and, uh, I, but I don't know. I think that, I think it stems, like, way back and, but I don't have a specific event or circumstance that happened in my life that I needed to, like, develop this as a system to help me cope, at least if I did, it's like really suppressed and I haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> <laughs> and so, in uh, like go, talking about the child, I'm just very curious, did you have a, a religious or spiritual upbringing to your childhood? Um, I'm Italian, uh, <laughs> so like we went to church on holidays. I'm like, so as like typical Italian Roman Catholic, like mm-hmm. um, the, um, I did, like, I did have, like, a really interestingly deep connection to, um, like, I, I used to have this, like, there was a statue of Mary that, like, my, was in, like, the, like, driveway, which um, sounds, like, really ridiculous. Um, I'm not really sure how that wound up being that. It was, like, kind of in the garden area, I think, on, like, a side driveway that was at my uncle's. Mm-hmm. We lived on the same street, so he was just down the street a little bit. Okay. Um, and... Um, I used to like pick flowers and like I'd give it to Mary and I used to believe that like I could like I used to have like a strong belief that I could like communicate um, with specific figures like like Mary herself and I don't know I never cared to talk to Joseph and I don't know if that means something. <laughs> uh, I think I was just like I think I was thrown I always felt like she like really did most of the work but um, but <laughs> I, um, so like I had this, like that, and I had a really strong sense that like the end of the world was going to happen and like a very, Mm -hmm. like a very, like, like a very literal translation of like heaven versus hell kind of like, uh, epic battle. And like, I used to like pray, like, like let, like I want to fight, like, which is weird because I don't want to, I had no calling to ever be in the military. In fact, like, I was positive I didn't want to be in it. But as a kid, like, I just really thought I was going to fight this holy war. And I think also it stemmed from I believe that I had, like, maybe I had, could have, like, special powers. So maybe there was, like, some of that. But I had, like, um, a strong sense of religion. Um, and, like, I used, it helped me when my, uh, my grandmother died when I was really young. That was my, my dad's mother. Um, and he's the youngest by, like, 16 years or so. So... She wasn't very young, but she wasn't old yet. I believe her to be, like, she might have been 72, 73. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and um, I remember, like, having this feeling, like, where I could, like, pray and, like, you know, just, like, let her kind of, like, kind of take her, let her go. Like, I wanted, I wasn't praying for my grandmother to die, but I kind of was, where, like, she was suffering. Mm-hmm. So it was more of a sense of, like, compassion also did the same thing with like a chicken that I had that I named Chicken Little like back mm-hmm. when we were in school we had an incubator mm-hmm. and you got to take something home I really wanted the duck but someone else got the duck <laughs> so I got the chicken and it was Chicken Little and the du- chicken died in my hands and I was really young and like I like really like like definitely like I mean that thing just died uh, and uh, but I remember like as the chicken was like suffering in my hands I was just praying for it to die so I, I had this, like, I definitely had, like, a strong spiritual sense. And um, it went away um, on, or on some level, I suppose. And then it kind of came back when I was in 
high school because I start. I was a youth leader for a bit in a non-denominational church this time, mm-hmm. and um, that uh, ended in like really, uh, like really difficult circumstances for like the parties in charge, like the family, the the pastor and his family, and like I was like so deep entrenched into it that it kind of like uh, like it. I, it's hard for me to be a rational person anymore and like be like too spiritually connected because I like it was such so like negative. Mm. So like mm-hmm. me currently like I like think I more practice like a strong sense of like uh, like I like pride myself on like compassion and trying to understand intention and like and and being open minded. Um, and, and, and like assuming that maybe I'm not right. And so like I lead from everything from just trying to understand another viewpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, there's always within certain like reason, you know, <laughs> like, you don't take that like to infinity, but, mm-hmm. but, um, but so that's like more, I had someone said one time at a philosophy professor who said that, like there was a basic definition of religion being whatever your pivotal value was. Um, so that thing that you value most, mm-hmm. um, so it could be golf or somebody was his mm-hmm. thing. Um, so I think that uh, I probably am not religious. I'm definitely not religious, although I am like predictable in my like patterns. But I, I'm like, uh, but I I would say I I was spiritual when I was young, and I battle with being spiritual now. Mm-hmm. Um, All right, that's fair because it's uh yeah it's a. Uh, it's an interesting thing that yeah, very interesting journey uh, for you, and I'm I'm very interested to see where it goes because it seems like it's um, you've it's like you've developed like a very practical like mm-hmm. spiritual practice almost like of just being present, aware, and like uh, and and conscious and compassionate. Uh, that said, I'm very interested to see like how it develops like over the the like the following decades to see like does it change yeah. um, and. Uh, especially as your role in, in like this movement gym continues to mm-hmm. be very interesting. Yeah. All right. So is there anything else on that list that you are? You are uh, a husband, a coach, and an observer of patterns? Correct. Yeah, that's everything. Cool beans. What about the next prompt? Uh, before I die, I want. Yeah, before I die, I want to make sure that everyone I care about is fully secured for the rest of their lives. Nice. How, what, uh, uh, why is that very important to you? Um... I think in part because um, I like because I have a my I have a strong I have a strong sense of self and I'm very self-assured and like it tends to have like people people will like I have people like my wife and Isaiah and my father and there are others who have now like they, they, they believe in me strongly and then I take them on this journey and like they're like we're pretty deep into the journey now mm-hmm. and like I um, want to like uh, I would I would my biggest fear would be one of my biggest fears at least would be to like if I were to die tomorrow um, would be like them not being like any of the people that I've like kind of led to believe that I was like Going, like that there, we were headed towards a sense of accomplishment and like I, I guess I connect accomplishment with like not wealth but like 
security, mm-hmm. like um, self-sustaining kind of state. Um, um, so if that wasn't the case and say specifically like Isaiah then would, I guess, go back to being a pharmacy tech and like, I, I mean, maybe the gym would continue, but like um, I want to make sure like that's where it comes from. I want like I have brought people along on a ride with me, and I and I have other people start doing things because I like led them to believe and promise them that things were important, um, and I would hate to have not like fully delivered on those things. Mm, yeah, cause it, uh, like when you said it for, at first, I was wondering if there was like an example of of like. Of, of you seeing that not done, like of people, of someone dying or like leaving and, mm. and the, the work is left unfinished. But I also see the, that, that like a responsibility and that sense of, of like um, ownership of just like, I brought you along in this crazy ride. Let's let, let me make sure that at least it can, uh, you're taken care of. Cause it seems like uh, while there is like a, a very interesting path that this place is going to take over the next like dozen or so years, it's still like at right now in a very like, almost fragile mm-hmm. like gestational time period where like a cup like a couple bad things stacked on top of each other would just slow things down too much yeah yeah exactly it's a really interesting thing in that like where like if I like look back a couple years or a few like so I graduated now seven years ago from chiropractic school mm-hmm. um so if I look back seven years ago I had uh like nothing in that other than like a degree and like school loans and, um, and I mean, it helped that I have my father who started our practice 30 years ago. So like I went and just worked with him, but I didn't have any connection and I didn't have a personal, I didn't have, I didn't have my identity yet uh, because he had been in his practice for 30 years at that point, like 20 mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, he had his personality and like justifiably so. And, and he, he was great about letting me do my own things. Um, and, uh, but, uh, but uh, like seven years ago, I would have had no idea I would be here. Also, even you know, five years ago, I still wouldn't have. Three years ago, we didn't have the gym. So like, um, yeah, like, and as far along as I am, seven years later from when I graduated, um, it's like a larger state of organized chaos still. <laughs> and before there was like very little. I could like close something. I could just up and move, I could do whatever I wanted. Um, I don't want that, uh, but like, now there's actual things, you know, like there's mm-hmm. people, like now, like, so it's funny, I think about it, but it's it's an interesting thing to me that, you know, I, like, if I, seven years ago, if you would've said, if I were here, future self, would you feel more like, like, just uh, like, would would you still want to do more? Would you like? Would you like be able to appreciate like? Oh, now I'm like kind of settled. Mm-hmm. Like I'm where I want to be thing. But like I don't feel more settled than I did seven years ago. Like I, I'm aware of like things are much better, and I've reached a part. But I've reached a point where I thought like this was going to be where I was going. But now that I'm there, I'm like, well, actually no. This was just kind of one of the, an important part along the way of where I'm headed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like. Uh, 
I too am very curious to see where this all goes. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a practice that I like to do um, uh, when I like go out hiking or like especially like on mountain mountainy terrain. I'll take like a soccer ball with me and just kick it with me. So like uh, it makes me very attuned to the like micro terrain, like how does the path relate to like the side and all that stuff. And it's like a very different thing when you go uphill versus downhill. And when you go downhill, it's like oh, it's like a controlled run, like because you're like you're like, and it's also a funny thing because it's like the ball will never go where it's not supposed to. Like if you put a ball in the track on a downhill path, it's gonna go where it's gonna go, mm -hmm. and like you can't be mad at the ball for doing that, uh, and because you put it on that path, and it's like that's sort of it seems like you're yeah. kind of like running downhill with this little ball, and you're like it's like this controlled chaos, and you're like lightly bumping it along, but it's still not on like nice flat terrain quite yet, not like in a nice groove like a gutter ball. It's like still a lot of very bumpy, and you gotta like really kind of maintain yeah. it. Yeah, no, that's that's a, that's a perfect analogy for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And um, what, uh, do you know, I guess, what what would be that state where you have uh, created that security for everyone else? Do you even, can you even like imagine what that would look like? Like, do you, can you even like, yeah, like, can you like yeah. imagine like quantum, that binary <laughs> shift from like, they're not taken care of to boom, now they're taken care of? Yeah, I, I so, in my head at least, there's like a critical mass that we need to get to um, in a couple different ways um, to be able to get to that point um, where, uh, you know, because so on the gym end, uh, like there's always going to be uh, people coming and going. Mm -hmm. And ideally, there'd be more people coming than going. Mm -hmm. But even when people are going, Sometimes they're they're moving. Well, people graduate from Lehigh soon. They're, they're going to leave. Mm -hmm. Like they're they're just there's really good reasons why people leave. Mm -hmm. um, so there's always an ebb and a flow to it. But I believe that um, when the like with the new space and idea making room for like a like appealing to a, an a, additional population. That like we could in a in a in a metric sense like we could reach to the two hundred to three hundred member mark, which would be um, which would which would then make the ebbs and the flows um, like even though those would happen like they'd be like we'd be able to weather them a little bit better mm -hmm. like not that we don't weather them well now but like the it would it, like I would be able to have uh, another full-time employee, at least, if not two more full-time employees at the gym. Mm -hmm. um, I think the thing that, that it'll look like is not just in, like, the... So there's the absolute number of more people, um, which, like, uh, it would be, like, less probable that, you know... Like, if we have 30 people, it's, you know, it's fully probable that maybe 10 people could leave because 10 people... 30 people is not a lot to begin with, so... It's not like the percentages really count, but if there's 300 people and 10 people leave, it really just, that's probable, but for 300 people to leave, that's pretty improbable. Oh, I see what or you're like 270 people to leave mm -hmm. and leave me with 30, you know? Mm -hmm. Like the, like, so, like then you'd have to make like big mistakes. <laughs> um, uh, like, um, and uh, on a side, like, like Facebook had a slogan, it was like, uh, run fast and break things. 
Um, but then, like, they realized that they had to, it was not really, like, run fast and break things. It, like, it was, I forget what they turned it into. It was, like, run fast, though, like, and experiment, never be stagnant, but make sure you don't, like, do anything that's going to, like, compromise the, the, the integrity of, like, the system. Mm -hmm. um, because they, they accidentally did do that one time, but it was, like, an intern who hit, like, the wrong button and, like, shut down Facebook, like, worldwide. Um, who wound up actually getting hired then out of college because he did what they wanted and <laughs> did it well. Uh, but um, so like, um, I just I think the other big thing though is um, I read the book The E Myth. Um, so the E Myth is uh, E's for entrepreneurial or uh, entrepreneur maybe, but um, it like is this myth that you start a business to like you start a you, you create a, a business to have a job. Mm -hmm. Um, when in reality you could just work anywhere and have a job. Like uh, the idea, and it's oversimplified, but you create a business to create jobs for other people, mm. but not to necessarily be a slave. Like what we had said earlier, if like, you know, things could exist the way uh, I do them till I die, but then everything would just fall apart immediately mm -hmm. after. And, um, and I could also continue to work for 70 hours for forever but I don't have to. Mm -hmm. um, so like I, the, the E-Myth book is all about like appreciating systems and getting better at like creating like standard operating procedures and not just thinking that those like SOPs are like, a, like are just void of personality. It's like, it, it's like, uh, it's like trying to take the, like extract the essence of what you're doing and putting it in a way where, um, like it can be delivered by anybody who comes in. It doesn't require me to always be doing it, like mm -hmm. boiling it down to like a way that it's like understandable to anybody and like someone else can just manage the systems. Like, and I, well, actually, instead of managing my employee, I just make sure that the system's operating. Mm -hmm. And as long as the system's running and then they're paying attention to the system, then like we're good. Mm -hmm. So like what I, and um, ultimately I think at the end, at the end of all of it is that we'll have really good uh, systems in place um, and I'm gonna have probably more, it, like more sooner than later will be um, a couple people who are really invested in like trying to grow my idea because they already align with that as something that they wanted to do mm -hmm. and like taking a person like I did with Isaiah and like, I was like, all right, now you're the, you're me, essentially. And it didn't go that simple, like or that simply. Um, but it now is pretty much that point where like he, I could not show up and as long as he's here, I don't have to think about it. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I'd like, and that's for the barbell club and programming, but I'd like to do that with three-phase fitness or with someone else who can like, like they want to identify with this other, like I see things as like overlapping spheres um, and like, I want to put someone in place for that to like grow that and give like almost like make them give them a shared ownership in that. And like, um, and, and like, I need a few key people like that and to be able to eventually get to a point where then we can create some systems and, and then we can have just, uh, people who just maybe just want to coach and don't care to like that they don't have to have this incredible ability for abstract thought or mm -hmm. thinking on the fly or working an incredible number of hours when so and like trying to find opportunity. Mm -hmm. They could just come and understand how to sign somebody in, 
how to give someone the programming, like they understand how to at least coach, you know, mm -hmm. that's all they have to think about. Mm -hmm. um, so I have to get to that point. Um, and for the practice for mobility doc, um, I want, I have to, uh, like, we, it's kind of similar like that, I'm not sure. Like, I, I think we need another PT and then like growing that person and mentoring them and like having them have their personality, but jiving well with like who we are though. It can't like be the opposite of what we stand for and mm -hmm. our like a approach overall to treatment. Mm -hmm. um, so like, I, I think we just need to grow more P more PTs um, <laughs> and, and like let them like start to do their thing and then uh, and then the other end of it is I like then myself and like the other people like making sure that I never over leverage myself like um, like I like not like don't just go buy a new car because I can don't like take a mortgage on a house that is like maybe what I can afford but leaves me to like not be able to like that I need to keep like sucking money from the business mm -hmm. to like pay for my things like so like some of it will be a delicate balance of boiling down to there's this book the simple path of wealth um and at the end of it is is like figure out the things that you truly care about things that, that make you happy and essentially um figure out what that means in cost for a year and if you can multiply that number uh, by a certain multiplier, which I can't think of at the moment, but I think it's like maybe 10x. Mm -hmm. That's essentially the amount of money that you need saved. So my goal is to um, is to be really good with money so that way, and to teach others to be good with it that are around me, my wife and Isaiah and whoever else we bring on board. So that way we can all get to a point where we have like a nest egg and like we don't have to like we can like allow, we can, I can decrease my income to allow for others to have room for an income. Mm -hmm. And then like, and like, and then I like that'll be a big part of how we'll like grow moving forward is when I don't need to take what I currently take mm -hmm. because I'm good. So oh, I see, I see. So it's almost like a, like, it's almost like a step back ability. Like, mm -hmm. like you could like how, like almost like how long can you be away for and things still to be fine. Yeah. And like for that to like continually kind of increase, like it sounds like it's sort of increasing now in that like, you know, the day to day coaching aspect of the of the barbell club is like it'll be fine. But yeah. like, you know, you'll need to kind of come back in and spin the wheels and get things uh, to like that yeah. state. But like in the future to be able to like spend more to not necessarily to always do it, but to be able to spend like three months away or yeah. like a year away. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Um, and the nonprofit end that we created, the 501c3 for like a sports nonprofit. Mm -hmm. uh, I always clarify that because I feel funny saying a nonprofit because it's not like we're doing like really great charitable good. Mm -hmm. um, but maybe it's like secondary, like it'll like maybe being a part of it will help somebody and like we'll be able, like the nonprofit can support maybe an individual or a, a youth athlete who like needs to not be on the street and their parents don't have money. Mm -hmm. Like, so there could be some good like that. But uh, I'd like, like, I'm trying to get the fundraising to a point where it's um, pretty systematized so we can, like, ultimately have that, like, continue, like, that just pays for itself. Mm -hmm. um, um, so the three components being the nonprofit end, 
the actual gym and then mobility dock and then like the and like and then working those as independent ideas um, uh, and putting the right people in place. But yeah, I guess I don't have like a clear. I mean, I have an overall idea of an answer, but but I'm still like probably ten years out from being closer. Like, and I don't know. Thinking it's going to be ten years, but that's just because I like I've been like really committed to ten years in my head. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, hopefully you're ten years away from dying at least. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, no, exactly. so you, yeah, you got some time uh, ideally to figure it out. Yeah. All right. Uh, what else do you ha want before you die? Um, but that's actually really all I care about before I die. Yeah. It's a good. It's a good thing to only care about. Right? Yeah, yeah. I don't like. Uh, I don't feel like I. I feel like it covers all the things that I like. It, it's like a, it blankets all of the things I care about and all the people I care about, and um, and like I like and it, it is, is my entire like it's my source work work and well Chloe and then our families and then work like that's all of my happiness. Mm -hmm. So like, <laughs> and like and like uh, it just like covers it all. Gotcha. And is there um, so I see I see like. Uh, a lot of these responses to this prompt being in like two main categories, like legacies of work or legacies of sweat and legacies of blood. And we've mm -hmm. covered a lot of the legacies of sweat, like the, the work that you want to do, the vision that you have for the people around mm -hmm. you. Um, but for like a legacy of blood, is there, is there an aspect of, of creating a family, whether uh, biological or adoptive, is that, uh, or, or even furry animals, like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. uh, is that uh, an aspect that you want to uh, pursue or have you even considered yet? Yeah, um, so I always say that at the current moment, like the, like, so yeah, we, we talk about this a good bit and like Chloe and I at this exact moment, early, we believe that we won't have children, um, but we like have also agreed that we'll reevaluate that and aren't committed to enough. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, but at least we're not actively trying. And um, the, uh, so I like we I I definitely would consider adopting. Like um I think we'd probably be more inclined to adopt. Um also because that would allow for us to if it if like we do change our minds in like 15 years um then like that would like probably be like a more responsible thing. It would be easier to facilitate and also like it, like more responsible in the sense that like I maybe by that point maybe Chloe could still have a child in fifteen years, but like like be like it would be I don't know where I'm going with that. I guess it would be you'd be threading the needle. You'd yeah, you'd yeah, be, yeah, exactly. Like she could, and it's not that someone couldn't, but like I don't think we would do that. Mm -hmm. um, Chloe also jokes that like she's already so emotional that like pregnant Chloe would probably <laughs> be like a, a whirlwind of destruction. But um, the truth is, is that. Uh, I, um, and I say this too, it's kind of funny, um, after what you had told me before we were talking, but, uh, like, so typically, like, I'm very much aware, like, something that I think about a lot is, like, this, like, the, uh, like, this, our, like, overpopulation, mm -hmm. and, and how, like, underserved, and, and, like, just terrible the, like, adoption process is, like, mm -hmm. extremely expensive, it's very difficult, like, um, the, um, it's just, like, when you talk to people who have adopted, like, um, they tend to be pretty wealthy mm -hmm. um, because they had to pay a lot of money to do it and they've usually like circumvented and gone to, and I think that there's nothing wrong with going to other countries to do it, but it's like, there's something 
odd I about the fact that yeah yeah well <laughs> and, well and there's something odd about the fact that it's harder to like yeah. adopt in the U.S. Exactly. You know, like so it just makes more sense to go to like Asia, mm -hmm. uh, which isn't necessarily easy. It's extra ex expensive, and you spend more. T you have to spend time there, but uh, somehow that's easier. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. but um, so there's some of that, um, and then also I really just I think that like. I've had this strong sense that like my my role in this world is gonna be like uh, like the like is gonna be uh, like delivered on like a spectrum like I'm better at delivering it on a larger scale like I could I think I'd be a great parent and like actually I, I know I'd be a really good parent and I know Chloe would be a great mother um, but I just feel like I'd be like at, so if I were to have a child now it'd be like. I would either have to be an extremely selfish parent or I'd have to change um, my, like, some of my goals and my drive. Um, mm -hmm. And, like, a lot of people say, well, you can bring your child to work and, you know, like, but, like, I don't, like, see that, like, like, I would, I know me, like, if I had a child, it would become, like, like, my everything and, like, I would invest all of my energy into that child. Mm -hmm. uh, and, like, I would want to see that person grow and develop. And, and like, I maybe wouldn't need to be there for every, like, you know, maybe, like, I, like, giving myself more credit than I would have for, like, how I influence it. But I know for a fact that, like, I couldn't justify the way I live my life right now mm -hmm. if I had a child. Mm -hmm. So, like, I, I don't see, we don't see ourselves wanting to change that at this time. Mm -hmm. Especially because you're at this, like, like we said, like the very, like, precarious tipping point and to add, like, a, a little baby in there. So that's a yeah. lot to throw into the mix. Yeah, yeah. And, like, Chloe could go back to Good Shepherd, like, yeah, I guess I could say Good Shepherd at any point. Um, and, like, and I would just, like, probably scale stuff back. But, like, it would definitely create, like, a pivot. And I, my father worked uh, um, a lot when I was young. And so I had a really great relationship with him. But I do remember, like, you know, he just wasn't home from, like, 8 to 8. Mm -hmm. And, like, he had weekends. But, like, but um, like it's interesting to see people whose parents are able to be more involved. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to be able to, who knows, maybe, like, Maybe things really skyrocket and like I have this like idea that really grows. I like could be like one of the people that I listen to on podcasts where something that I do is bought and then like I'm like, all right, well now that I have some money which does create a sense of like time and freedom, I can like and like the things that I created are like everyone's set. Like I could see myself potentially changing what I'm thinking, mm -hmm. but I just have a feeling it's not going to be that easy. <laughs> <laughs> that's very fair yeah it'll be uh yeah i think that you have a very good perspective on it and um yeah it's just like you got your your you're buckled up for a wild ride right now and i think that, yeah 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 and so we maybe a furry pet but like the <laughs> we uh we've we also we're just not home a lot um and uh we like have both agreed that we don't want to be like the parents who our kids are like like we don't want to have to just have our kids at a daycare all the time or mm -hmm. pay somebody to be there with them mm -hmm. like we'd prefer to be there not like judging those things but that's just not what we would want mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and uh and with a pet like we're not convinced that like we would do a good job right now even taking care of a pet because we have like such a 
it's like not necessarily, it's, it, would, it's, it would be selfish for it. It'd be, we have like a selfish lifestyle if someone were to depend on us for their like, their like eating and like livelihood at the moment, like in a direct sense. Like if, if I had to take care of something else, mm-hmm. it would probably like suffer a little bit. Mm-hmm. So like we, uh, we've decided that like, we have decided though that if we were ever gonna have a child that, or even adopt, that we'd at least have to be at a place where like, well, we could easily have a pet because if we don't think we could even manage a pet, like we're not convinced we could have a child. So like we have decided, like we've spoken about this. I do want a pet though. So I think it's going to happen. Chloe's going to have to cave though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Having a, having a pet is, is a lovely little, it's like, it's, it's an interesting like uh, practice, but it totally does not, it is not the same as having a kid. Like it's like kind of yeah. like it, like the responsibilities are there, but it's not the same relationship with a living thing. No, yeah, yeah. I could have only obviously imagine that, and but uh, the uh, but yeah, I mean, because there's like there's just so many things that like I think a lot of people who like I have some friends and a family who are like diehard pet people, you know, <laughs> like um, like birthday parties for their dogs and things. <laughs> which uh, are like awesome. But, uh, but like there is something to be said for like, like you have an acceptance, even as heartbreaking as it is when a pet like passes, like you know that there's like this, like the, I think there's probably something about the time span, the level of like, like there's just like, there's a level of connection or like a layer that is just not, I think possible, no matter how much you love a mm-hmm. pet, mm-hmm. you know, it also probably inherent to the fact that it's called a pet, you know, mm-hmm. like, like the pet aspect, it like creates a little bit of distance and difference than like a child. I think so. <laughs> yeah. I think so. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. I'm sure if anyone's listening to this and hears that, they're probably if they're probably not agreeing with me. If they're like, but that's okay. That's <laughs> okay. That's totally okay. They yeah. can disagree. Whatever they want. Um, and so, uh, what about that that next prompt? Uh, when I die, I want people. To, when I die, I want people to continue as normal. Yeah? Yeah. What? Uh, uh, I struggled with this one, by the way. Yeah? But I, because I, I was like, I don't know if that's like, I feel like that seems like I'm oversimplifying or maybe that sounds like I wasn't thinking hard enough, but that, I, like, I feel confident I can explain that further. Then explain it further, please. I, um, like, I, I don't want to be, like, I'm like anyone else where I'd like to believe that I'm not just forgotten. Mm-hmm. I don't want people to like continue as normal like I didn't matter or like they're not affected in any way mm-hmm. emotionally but I also want like if I should ever be so lucky to like somehow know like I don't want to know way in advance when I'm going to die because I like, can't imagine that psychologically <laughs> but like if I like if someone's like if I'm ever if I'm ever if I'm hopefully much later in life and I'm told you have, you're going to have a really great year ahead of you. And then after that, like that next, that night after the 366th day, you're not waking up, but everything up to that's going to be amazing. So I would like to have like, like, I just want it to be more of like a celebration while I'm here. And then when I'm gone, I just, I want like to have left nothing on the table, you know, like, I, like, so to speak, I, so I don't want people to, f- I want people to continue as normal because it was already said, like, there's no love that was, like, lost or, like, you know, unfinished or 
business in like not in the strictly business sense like I want people to know where they stood with me and like I want people to know how much I cared and and then and then I just want them to go to work (laughs) 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 and like or spend time with like whoever they're supposed to spend time with like Mm -hmm. so I just want I want I want people to just keep moving forward Mm -hmm. is there I guess um why, uh, why is this important to you? Is it, is, there, is it because there were examples of people not moving forward or of you, yourself not moving forward after the, the death of, of somebody that you cared about? Or, um, or maybe that there was an example of somebody who, who, did, who uh, like left things on, a good, on good notes and mm-hmm. such that when they passed, it was like, oh, all right, this, th- that was cool. They were cool and now we can move on. Yeah, I guess, I guess it's... Maybe I'll think of like one of the positive examples, but like, um, but I, like, I have I've had um, experiences in my life um, outside of my immediate family, uh, thankfully, where like someone you know there was like a, a father who has who dies, um, didn't take care of himself, was like like really like just unfortunately selfish circumstance, but how like. Um, like so I've seen like how that fragments a family and how like the children can be affected and and negatively Mm -hmm. and maybe like they're like maybe eventually they like they like they learn like something good comes from very bad things but um but like uh maybe it doesn't have to like maybe you don't have to have that like steep learning curve and like all that struggle um (laughs) and uh so like there, yeah. I mean, like, so in like specific examples like that, I've seen where like a father who had tons of money, like just like was became very like addicted to things and like spent all the money and everything was then repossessed and the business collapses and then he like, like then like the family's left with nothing and then the kids go separate directions and don't finish school like a little high school. And, and like, and now I like seeing like as that's turning around a bit for them, but uh, but like so I've seen that I've also seen families where like uh, or people where it's like when the, someone dies, like it's a constant like there's just a like so it's a like a very long mourning process like 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 mourning like this is my perception but where it gets to be unhealthy where it's like you stop living your life mm. um and like it goes beyond like the like normal whatever that is time of mourning where it's now like you know you're like deep depression or like like you you know you just don't you're just no longer you and then like i've seen that with my mom's family with my grandparents they both passed within a year of each other in the past two or so years. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I saw like, you know, now like no one's really sure, like like the, her siblings aren't really like getting together on the holidays, it's a little oh, more fragmented. Okay, yeah. So like, like those traditions then fell apart because they were so anchored to their parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and no one like really like thought about, it, I guess, what happens after, like, like, I guess maybe that was the reason that everyone was getting together. Mm-hmm. Even with my dad's family, actually, like my, um, when my grandmother died, like when I was little, once she was like such a strong matriarch that like, it like created a lot of like 
disarray, like like her sons, like not getting along. The one in particular was the one that like everything kind of collapsed. Stuff that would not have happened if she were around because they like the I think the amount of guilt would have just been like <laughs> too high for them to ever even like attempt things. Mm-hmm. But um, so I've seen a lot of that and like. I mean, I'm sure that there are examples outside of, like, the ones that I know where it seems like people are more now aware of setting up I don't know, better, like, not just trusts, but, like, you know, like, they're, like, it's more, like, like, there's, like, more of a, maybe a thought ahead of, like, making sure that people are children or significant others are, like, go, like have the things that they need to be in place or um, I don't know. I I just I don't know any other like positives. I just have seen like typically the like thing like, Jiro dreams of sushi situation. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that's not like I'm not like deathly afraid of that. But I just would want for myself for it to be that um, the gym opens up the next day. Mm-hmm. That like like the people that are here are like inventing. Uh, new things and doing great stuff and like um, Chloe is able to um, Chloe's able to do whatever it is that she still loves and it's not like um, um, like a massive panic and figuring out like how to get like like an estate in order like so yeah I just want it to be as simple as possible so that way I'm like not a burden I suppose and on people and yeah okay okay and uh, have you have you had considered what you want your passing to look like or feel like? Mm, you mean like in the moment of yeah, my dying? Yeah, like the like the like three, two, one, dead sort of. Thing. <laughs> yeah, um, seeing like my grandparents die, and then um, more recently, I had a friend who was an alcoholic died, mm. um, and he's my age. Um, so, uh, like, I guess. I know what I don't want it to look like. Um, I mean, I think the easy answer would be like, I have no idea and I just like go to sleep and then like, and then like, I'm gonna have a big smile on my face. But I, I've seen like the like heavily medicated, like try to like, you know, like give them this and that'll like put them into like almost a coma. But, but like death is, death is interestingly beautiful and ugly, I suppose. Um, like outwardly it's certainly it's like the birthing process maybe because we go out kind of ugly and beautiful and come into the world in a similar way but uh, I think if I had my if I had my way it'd be I would I would I would like to maybe have people around me that I love and uh, and then I guess like just maybe have them be with me and and then it'd be like a peaceful like last breath situation not like the violent like kind of vomiting and like voiding that kind of happens mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah there are because of the way that our culture has sort of like uh made its death ta- so taboo it's like you get so few like i don't i've never seen or like heard of many good deaths like ones that i'm like yeah. want, i want to emulate like i've only heard about in stories you know of like the the person pe- passing peacefully and like with great like with with like a big breath and then the the uh, presence leaves the room. like that kind of like a good death 
or even like a more intentional death. Like it's just, there's, I, there's just, they don't exist. You don't, you only get like the heavily medicalized Western model of like, like chest compressed, like all of that yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah, and it's yeah. just like, is that how I want to be going? Is that how I want like my, like this meat bag to kind of go out and let, you know, yeah, like, yeah. I don't, I don't think so. And, and to be able to like f figure out like a better model is like really hard because there are no really good, better models out there for us. No. Yeah. And then like the, there are so many variables that can't be accounted for of mm -hmm. like, um, you know, like, and ways that you react to certain things. And mm -hmm. like, uh, my, my mom's mother, my grandmother had like a really just uh, difficult passing. Like she was home and everybody was around, but it was just like a lot of like flailing up, uh, like, you know, like just sort like her body kind of like short circuiting kind of mm -hmm. passing and mm -hmm. like, like she like just it just was like it looked like it wasn't comfortable um and like the, like uh and, and like uh but then i had like my my mom's father was uh like really just coherent i mean um he did some like weird things with like changing his will at the last second like not on like big like macro scale like money things but just like i want this child to have this thing instead like this like this object like instead of going to my daughter it's gonna go to my son and like everyone was like not really sure what he was thinking because it was like towards the very end when he just started changing his will around mm -hmm. um uh but um but like what was really uh interesting and like um like a little difficult was that when i uh the day that i married chloe um he died oh wow yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and, um he and like i actually was able to talk to him on the phone like right because we we got married uh like officially uh, here and, and like a, our friend who's a, a judge did it for us because we went overseas to get like have a ceremony mm -hmm. um but i was uh, like domestic i was in the states and um and like we got married and then like that night like he like congratulated us but he was like he was dying mm -hmm. in that moment and like yeah what was that like man <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that was weird that was like um it was like really just uh interesting uh his level of like uh, like uh, consciousness and introspective ability um, where he was like still like telling his kids basically I want you guys to look after each other and don't be mad at each other and like it was like uh, probably closer to what like you see in a movie kind of thing where he did seem pretty peaceful and it, he didn't have the same like like uh, like sort of difficult passing that my my mom's mother had my mm -hmm. grandmother um and i was too young really for my uh my grandmother i mean i was aware of it she died like in the house i was in mm -hmm. which is actually probably a little like like maybe it was a little surreal because i saw her moments after because we were like um, really big house mm -hmm. really big house and i was on the third floor and she was on the first floor and when she passed then they told the kids because we were like in this like like we were in like my cousin's bedroom and then so we came down 
and like so I was able to like see her like right after mm-hmm. um, which I remember pretty well but uh, but um, yeah so those were my experiences but that one uh, I like so I hope for myself that it's a little bit more um, a little bit more on the end of, like I don't want it to be painful uh, but I also would like to be able to have like um, a sense of like peace and confidence I guess just in like just like at least that be like the air that I'm giving off less so the like um, like less so the other alternatives mm-hmm. uh, dude I'm really I'm just struck by that that like that that call with I know it's like because there's a weird symmetry to it you know like the the start of something very beautiful yeah. the wedding and then like it was there like I have to wonder was there an aspect of for him just of holding on till he can kind of like call you you know yeah and like why I just I don't even know like what do you what did you talk about uh so it was like one of those like really interesting conversations um, which maybe you've had where like you're talking to somebody who you know is dying so like you're not obviously talking about that um, Mm -hmm. like but it's kind of like subtext maybe and um, it's the it's a I do this trick where if I'm going to cry I just stop breathing (laughs) Um, so it's a (laughs) If I reach a threshold, though, it gets harder. Um, so it uh, it was like a lot of like I love you, mm-hmm. basically, and um, and a lot of his uh, pride for us or being proud of us, mm-hmm. and uh, and he like he wasn't like there there like we didn't like talk about. It um, we didn't talk about um, whether or not like it, it was going to be the last time, mm-hmm. but there was like a sense of it, because like that's the other like really thing about when people are dying is like, like you know, there you get these like rebounds of like oh, they're definitely going today, and that's like oh wow, now like never mind they like are extremely coherent and like. <laughs> they're like walking around and mm-hmm. like they're like maybe maybe everything's going to be okay for a while mm-hmm. and then like you get like the rebound and then it's like no actually this is so like we had a pretty good sense that this was probably the end but um but uh it was like uh I was able to with my grandfather my dad my mom's dad I was able to be able to uh like talk to him a little bit more even before that visit him at the hospital like I was around, uh, I wasn't in school or away or any of those things. So it was, uh, but it was like just a lot of I love yous and a lot of just um, happiness, actually. Mm. And that's a great way. I mean, what that's one hell of a way to go out. Yeah. And uh, I can see that being a very interesting like example to have as somebody that's like, oh, that's that's actually a pretty decent passing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like of all the ways to go out, that's not too bad. And uh, yeah, wow, what an experience. Is there 
what I, I don't know what what did you learn from that like because it, it was like on the day you got wed like you know it's like what like, like now with a couple years of like hindsight uh like what what have you taken from that yeah, I think like um, the mo- like what I've taken most from my grandfather, but also like the just the like the other passings has uh, been like um, uh, that uh, you know just like the things that like seem really important seem less important like that like root like like that you know like and also like the probably most important thing we have is like time. Mm. Um, and I like think a lot of people are like you know, un- like are aware of the fact that like we like there's like finality, uh, and like death is inevitable. But like, I think you it's like you know when like when you don't have like a and when you can't see the end, you have like this distorted sense of like extra time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I'll get to this. I'm gonna do this thing I'm gonna you know I will spend more time with my wife like in 10 years um, I'm like that's when I'll do it but like right you know like right now it'll be okay if I don't or you know I'm going to like you know I'm not going to go to all my child's games or something because of work um, but I'm providing the life uh, but then you start realizing like they're like it's not just death that's that's definite it's also like the last game or the like last moment well you might be able to do something you didn't appreciate mm-hmm. like you wouldn't have appreciated like for me it was like actually living uh, by water like I like lived in a beach house in grad school in Connecticut and um, I like I'm connected strongly to water uh, I grew up on like a lake in New Jersey and I like am like peaceful by water mm-hmm. and uh, not necessarily have to be in it on it's fine or next to it but um i um like like so i used to sleep to like the waves crashing into like the sand and it sounded like it was basically hitting into the house and um and i used to wake up like staring like on this massive deck uh at the water and the sunrise and the sunset and like you know any opportunity that i might have had like you know, like there's like maybe like I would have said, oh, well, I'm, you know, like today's a beautiful day to be outside, but I'm just going to like get these notes done because I'm going to do that now instead. And then you don't realize that, you know, like maybe there'll be more opportunities. I'm going to be by water like a bunch of times because I make a point of it. But like that's the point maybe is like I've learned to make a point of making time for like the things that I eventually won't be able to do one day. Um, expressing love uh, more regularly um, because eventually you can't um, and cherishing those moments and appreciating them more so I think that's what I learned because you get because that that's something you have to practice you don't you don't like you're not like great at it just by deciding to be good at it or to do it because there's like you know you don't it's like you don't get to like squat well at age 80, unless you've been squatting well, ages 40 to 79. Like yeah. you you need to practice being present. You need to practice expressing love. And that's something that I, I'm learning too with myself. It's just like, you can't just expect to like develop the, like when you retire, 
if you've never shown love to your kids, like you're, and you decide, okay, now that I'm retired, now's the time. It's like, you're kind of, you're boned because like yeah. you should have been doing it all along or at least like practicing it along because it's just, there's, it's a skill. Like you, you can be good at it or you can be really bad at it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. What about the next prompt, the final prompt, after I die, I want? After I die, I want something I created to continue indefinitely. Is, and do you know what that something is? Um, I don't. Like, um, what I do know is I don't want it to be a tangible thing. Like, I don't okay. want it to be a physical thing. I, would, I want it to be um, a thought or, like, something that I believed strongly in mm-hmm. that, like, I was able to, um, to champion... For and have others also like the others have gotten on board with it and it it like lives on in perpetuity like um like and maybe maybe it could be also like somewhat tangible like I, I do feel that way I guess about what I'm trying to do with uh, Leah Valley Barbell and what I'm trying to do with Mobility Doc um, but I'm less invested in like the like. The, the names or those things more so like maybe those are still the thing that like maybe I'm not maybe I haven't really gotten to what it is that is going to be that thing or that idea but largely I see I see like what I do physically as like a vessel for like like ideas and like and like beliefs and like morals that I like like that I that I hold Mm-hmm. So like um, even if it is technically say the gym, it's not that I just care for the gym to like remain open. It's that I care that uh, the that that it's delivering like it's delivering a message that I wanted it to deliver, um, and 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 like that continues to live on beyond me. Like mm-hmm. I, I want that like to be able to I want that th- I want it to be that because I wanted to essentially maybe continue to shape others' experiences and like help people like like um, uh, and with the gym, if I were to be more specific, it would be like uh, this like um, I just believe so strongly that like we've gotten away in fitness from what, is actually good for people (laughs) um and it's like difficult because i do understand that to have to like you need to make money um and it's difficult to make money if you're not just doing things that maybe are like more easily attractive um like um working out fast and like loud music and like just, you know, like not being connected to it and just like breathing heavy, like, and like, you know, like that, like, like is like a very easily appealing thing to people, mm-hmm. well, not to everybody, but to a lot of people. But like, and I don't think that's necessarily has to be a bad thing, but I would like for people to like, I would like going back to like previous questions, like I would like for what we do to to inject like the like th- those things that fitness and health have gotten away from into 
the recipe of what they're consuming. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe it's like delivered in a way that they like that people like know that they want, but it happens to also be what's good for them. Um, so that um, um, so that like for that and for mobility doc, it's mostly like in 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 medicine, and I think it's like easy to say this and like even if I just didn't have like any background in it people would believe me when I say we've gotten so far away from like what's good for people mm -hmm. and in some ways like in some ways like that's not necessarily always true but like I could say in physical medicine it's like usually the afterthought like PT tends to be like well try PT if that doesn't work we'll do surgery or we've done surgery so we do PT but it's not like you know, like there, it isn't like, it's still very like formulaic and uh, protocol driven. Like we all, like everyone does this thing and that thing didn't work. So that must mean you can't be helped by anything other than an intervention that's more significant. Mm -hmm. Whereas like most physical medicine isn't like being delivered in a way that's like physical. Like they're not actually manually treating people or truly assessing like they're not like touching physically actually touching patients it's because it's like driven based on time-based codes mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it's like they're like take this paper grab that weight go do that there like that looks like what like you 19 year old like division one field hockey player are doing what like 90 year old grandma or do is doing because you're both shoulders <laughs> you know, like, um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, so like with mobility doc, I really am trying to, I like, what I really would like to do is help to be a part of repackaging the way that physical medicine at least is delivered and, and, and helping people like what's working really well for me is that health, like, uh, health insurance is going to crap. Um, like not that it's disappearing, but it's not really covering most things. Um, and if it does, it's like there's a huge deductible or copays are really high. Mm -hmm. So people are being forced to have more of a connection to where they spend their money and how like where they go for their physical health care, physical medicine, like mm -hmm. PT. So like we're trying to create a better system of like uh, not just like all the way down to like private pay, like and like the way that that's communicated of like um, number of times you come a week, um, like helping people to like be able to afford that and like not feel like like well, their insurance should just cover that. Um, also like understanding the value and like why they're paying for like why they would pay for it, not mm -hmm. just go maybe where it's covered, but it's just not gonna be delivered the same. Like it'd be maybe possibly a waste. Um, even if it were free. Um, so like <laughs> getting people to understand that it's okay to pay for your, for your healthcare. Like it's okay to pay, not for your healthcare, it's okay to pay for your, for your health. Like mm -hmm. it's okay to pay for physical therapy outside of what your insurance covers. It's okay for insurance to cover specific things like surgeries and like you know, like these things we don't think about where like these hundred, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollar hospital bills that you can't pay for. But like, it's okay for insurance not to pay for the, you know, $80 office visit. Um, um, so like, 
I want to be a part of that, but not just that. I, I also want to be a part of when that happens, then like people that are operating in physical medicine practices, maybe will stop just trying to like have high volume practices and they'll stop taking the insurances that are paying them $20. Mm -hmm. So they'll stop, like they won't feel like they need to just give them a band and a paper and have them do the same thing mm -hmm. because that person will be connected to paying and then like a, like paying for the service the right way. Mm -hmm. and, and then that therapist will be more connected to giving them a product that's more valued and then also that person that's the patient will be more invested deeply in like their in their recovery mm -hmm. because they they are they 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 can there there's an exchange that goes beyond like a magic card that just is supposed to like cover stuff and mm -hmm. and like and like there's a complete disconnect from it mm -hmm. um so like i really like I, i'm hoping that will like that's really big and lofty and like mm -hmm. like not uh tangible but uh, I'm like I think that what we'll be able to do like we like we have this kid Nico who's a resident or um, in clinical intern from the DPT program at DeSales and he um, he came in on his last like one of his last rotations and he'll be here eight weeks and within the so the first day he was here he had said to Chloe like he didn't want to practice in orthopedic practice because um, of how like depressing his experience has been inside of those practices mm -hmm. um, and uninspiring mm -hmm. um, and so but the thing is is then he came here and within like 48 hours he's already reconsidered that and there's a possibility maybe one day he'll work with us um, uh, because he was inspired uh, because he saw it could be different and he could care more about patients and they do also care and maybe because he's caring more, they care more, you know? Mm -hmm. But, like, he can spend more time doing treatment, and it doesn't have to all boil down to best practices for, like, the 70% of the population, like, which maybe matters more when you're delivering, like, uh, like, a, like chemical medicine or surgery, and you're talking life and death, but, like, maybe it's okay to be more experimental when you're just rehabbing, like, a tendonitis, you know? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So like, um, it's neat, like I'm thinking that we'll be able to show people what it can mean to, to practice physical medicine and patients can see that it, like, they don't have to only, like they can have deeper connection to self-care, but also have a place where like they know that they can, like they can continue to live the active lifestyle they choose and like, when they can't sustain that, we can help them. And when they can sustain that, we're help, we've helped them by giving them the tools they need. So it's a little bit more dental in that sense of like, we're the toothbrush. <laughs> and like when your toothbrush is failing you, and it might at some times, and there's mm -hmm. like I would say like food, like um, I don't like saying food is good or bad for you. I don't like really, I hate that. Um, but because um, it's just food. <laughs> um, but like no matter how seemingly healthy the food is that you're eating if like like you might develop some sort of like uh like like a cavity or you know like some periodontal problem it's not because you did something wrong you're not going to the dentist because you're a failure like um 
Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. coming to us isn't like this. It doesn't have to be that you've failed and something's wrong. It can also be that like you are like making sure that you're not headed into total decay and like and then it doesn't have to be like surgical intervention where like you're going to have to come to us two to three times a week for x number of weeks because like there are certain certain protocols can't be avoided like certain things like like uh like labrum repair and, and like bicep tear with a rotator cuff repair like you are not going to just be able to like be act like just do it the way you want to do it and like life's not going to continue as normal like there are certain things in the acute phase that need to be followed Mm -hmm. but like maybe we don't have to like we don't have to have that relationship with you if you just are invested more in the maintenance end of it Mm -hmm. so like um those are like the ideas of like mobility doc like i want it to be more of that not like a place where we're just rehabbing people who are broken mm-hmm. we're like championing active lifestyles mm. and like changing the perspectives that people have like that which is the harder work like mm-hmm. it's it's easy to fix like a, a hurt shoulder yeah. relative oh, to, yeah. to like trying to convince people like your health is worth worth investing in and your body is worth investing in yeah uh, because that's that can be really really tough to yeah <laughs> exactly like i like often have conversations like I like saying to patients like especially with like say 80% of everybody has back pain at some point mm-hmm. and if it's like mechanical like uh, non-disc back pain um, it probably is going to resolve itself and if it resolved as if it was going to it was probably going to be in two to three weeks <laughs> um, so like uh, you know like um, I always say that like if you've if you've been doing something like I like pointing out like the self-limiting nature in most things but also um, that, uh, like, that, uh, you know, maybe, like, they don't have to get to that point. Or if, also, if they're going someplace and they've been getting rehabbed for six months for their, like, mechanical low back pain and it's no better, like, clearly something's wrong. Either maybe there's a misdiagnosis, but, like, or maybe there's, like, something else, you know, like, they're, like, and, like, they need, it's, they're not, they're, like, their back doesn't have pain because they have a bad back it's because they have bad patterns and mm. and like maybe it's weakness and maybe it's a mobility issue and it's probably a combination mm-hmm. and it's like but um but like they like like that's the thing to focus on not like the like my my elbow hurts what's wrong with my elbow I don't know what were you doing like mm-hmm. that's like unless you have a unless you have like you know, uh, like osteochondritis desiccans or like unless you fell on it and it's fractured or someone struck you with a baseball bat, like like then there's something wrong with your elbow. But like, what are you doing to like piss your elbow off? Like, how are you traumatizing your elbow? Mm-hmm. Like your elbow is like a victim or your back's a victim of you. Like you're doing it, mm-hmm. you know? So like we have to like change it from like a victimized mentality of, or like my mom had a bad back so I have a bad back, mm-hmm. you know, like there's this like suspension of disbelief and like that genetics are responsible for everything. Um, and, um, and also like you've never had an image. So how do you know that you like have the arthritic back, you know, uh, also like almost everybody has that. Like, so like I've been trying to, I guess like educating people on a better system and also better ownership and like understanding, like it's okay for certain things. Like it's okay for your back to hurt. Um, it, um, 
like uh, you didn't do something wrong. I think that's where I was going. I got a little lost in my tangent, but like the, like just because some you were hurting doesn't mean you did something wrong. And maybe it means you did, but like, like it, you are not a victim of that. Like let's create systems for people to like mm -hmm. be better about it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah. The, the like I I think of it a lot when I look at um, trees in a park. Like you. If you look at the way like a tree grows and the way like, you know, for, for uh, aesthetic reasons, we'll lop off like a branch or two here or there, you can understand why the tree grows in that way. Or like, oh, that tree grew really slanted at first and then it straightened out. Like, was there a bigger tree around mm -hmm. it that was cut down and then it allowed it to grow? Like being able to, and it's like, it's like the tree isn't broken now. It's still, it's doing stuff, it's fine, but it, it has mileage. It has a story that got it to that point. And then like, now what can we do with it here? from this point mm -hmm. like being able to and that's 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 the way I like to look at especially people that like really like you know grind grind on me where I'm just like okay how did you get to this point point? Uh, yeah, and yeah. you know what I mean just like yeah. just being able to take that like more like um like almost like a like a gardener's like perspective on like this this is just this is just like this is just what it is and it's not a bad thing or a good thing but like okay but now how do we adjust things going forward yeah and so um are you like how do you how do you feel about the future? And you can think about the future in terms of like, uh, like 10 years after your passing, 100 years after your death, or 1,000 years. Like where, like what do you, what do you envision thing, where do you envision things going? You can, you can keep, you can limit it to like your family, you can bring it to like the country, or you can bring it to like earth with all the humans, or earth without the humans, you know? Yeah. Like wherever, wherever you want to go with this weird question I got Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially because I listen to, like, I walk to work and I listen to The Economist and, like, there's, like, a lot, been a lot of, like, artificial intelligence and, like, and, like, mm -hmm. and, and, like, um, I've been, like, really, like, I, I love, I love tech stuff. Um, so, like, I, like, have been often thinking about that end of 10 years after I die. Mm -hmm. I think, I think the reality of most of it which is kind of funny that I'm going to say this, but I feel like, I feel like the, th hopefully the things that I care about, like in the previous final question that, that they, that like these systems, these beliefs, like those ideas that like a population of people align themselves with it and it continues. But I think largely things are probably just going to continue as they always do. Like, I think that, that, um, in 10 years, in like 20 years, I don't really, in, not in a depressing way, but I really just think that it's gonna be like, like it'd be easy for me to say, like to speak like doomsday situations of like, maybe not 10 years out, but 100 years out of, not necessarily like computers taking over, <laughs> but just like, obviously we don't have a great grip on like environment and like who knows if even with all like the things that we're doing to counteract what's been done, if that could ever be enough, or probably like, even like the universe is in a state of like entropy and like 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 eventually it's all going to go away. Mm -hmm. um, so like everything will eventually just end no matter what. So I, I kind of think that I think that it nothing in a I think everything will be like a derivative of what is right now. It might look different because. I do think there'll be self-driving, like self-driving cars will be like regular, like kids are gonna get into Ubers that are not gonna have drivers 
And like, that's not going to be weird in like 10 years, probably safely in probably 10 years, like, mm -hmm. uh, which is weird because we won't be that old yet. A mm -hmm. um, hundred years, like maybe people just aren't driving. Um, the, uh, I, I guess my hope for a hundred years out is that like, we just have like understood, like maybe like one of the good things that'll come from all this data mining um, is that we'll have like a better understanding of like people in, and like it'll create like a deeper sense of like um, compassion. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so like maybe there'll be this like really great thing that'll happen where like all these things that we think are gonna lead to our demise like Facebook and social media mm -hmm. might actually turn into, um, might actually turn out to us just understand, like finding commonality with each other and, and like bigger institutions like countries might like and governments might actually have a better way of changing things on like a on like a large scale that previously were difficult like um you know like you started the uh, asking me about like um my like how i identify uh myself um like in pronouns and mm -hmm. uh, and um uh, whether or not I even subscribe to a gender, um, which is really interesting um, because uh, that is net like that is something that I'm not used to yet, mm -hmm. um, but it is becoming more common. Um, so I think like maybe like those things, like those little things that are like that are becoming part of like our like when I use the word normal I mean average like meaning like more yeah. common culture um, like that will be just a part of of like maybe we'll just that will just be the more like common way that people are approached and it will be which would be pretty awesome to like I think not have to like subscribe to specific identities mm -hmm. um, it's like uh, it, it it's gonna like that in and of itself will probably change a lot of things. Also interesting for medicine and when like, like, uh, like uh, it might matter on like a like a on a molecular level, you know, knowing certain things like certain diseases are more common for certain genders or ethnicities, and mm -hmm. so like seeing how like that's navigated. But um, but I think like I think there's a possibility that like everything will be the same, but maybe slightly slightly more stable um but then eventually it will all probably end <laughs> <laughs> like all that said yeah, yeah. everybody's gonna die <laughs> the sun will blow up and <laughs> yeah but but i do think i think it'll be I, uh well, i was gonna say that, like uh this is like uh, a random aside but it goes on the whole like on pronouns and whatnot and mm -hmm. gender identity i we have a friend and member of our gym and patient because uh, all those things kind of you've got nothing else from talking to me those all overlap mm -hmm. um but he has had to go to a gender reveal party for his uh, uh that's so weird and very right? white it's a very white <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> i believe that but it's also like he he like so like uh, yeah like that like it, for many levels and many reasons is just bizarre but like also um he was like like what are people gonna do like you have like a gender reveal party. So like, you know, 
biologically, based on like those characteristics, they determine that they're revealing a boy, mm-hmm. right? Um, in like the very classical, old school, like antiquated way of mm-hmm. identifying. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what still a construct that exists. So, um, or at least is like the, what people are used to. So like, but what, what are you gonna, like what happens um, in like uh, 18 years from now, like maybe who, like the, that this like child that they decided to proclaim as a boy just identifies as, as, a, as, a, as a woman or maybe they don't identify as anything. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like, so there's this like, like kind of ridiculousness and then like the, like, do you, like in like, what do they do then? Like have another gender reveal party for their child? <laughs> like, <laughs> which is like similar to like, in like my set, like I always thought that was really interesting with like, uh, like uh, Catholicism in that you're the, like one of the things I really liked about Christianity, non-denominational Christianity was that like, uh, in Catholic, like as uh, in Catholicism, you're baptized. So like, your parent has decided that you're Catholic, mm-hmm. um, and like you have no uh, exercise free will in that decision. Um, but in non-denominational aspect of Christianity, you as an adult have to decide to make that choice. So like you are baptized as an adult. Now they do do this like probably they do still probably for the parents have a thing where like you're still sort of not really baptized but it's like you're dedicating yourself as a family unit to that church Mm -hmm. so like which is probably helpful for people and like needing something to anchor to Mm -hmm. but um but uh but i like uh i did like that part of it like being able to identify later so maybe maybe we'll get away from like identities and pronouns it's going to be like really difficult for a lot of different like English is a bad language for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like I, I don't really like. I'm going to be really interested in ten years to see how, like, how that reads literally. You mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I like. So I think that I think that the there's like a largely optimistic outlook, and I think a lot of my optimism is that, like, things will continue in this long spectrum that they're headed. Um, and, and the good stuff and, and like the bad stuff, it's always going to be the same conflict. There's always going to be conflict. There's always going to be people that are uh, disparaged, unfortunately. But like, I, I think that maybe we'll have better systems in place and stronger communities. And like, uh, you would think ideally, if we're understanding people better, to not identify them as genders or like, like, you know, like having like, having to like, label stuff, maybe that could lead to better outcomes in the future. Otherwise, then I don't know, like, then we're just changing to change. Mm -hmm. But I would think that it's going to, like, I believe that we're changing for good. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where we're headed. It's like people without pronouns in self-driving cars. (laughs) (laughs) I like this vision. It's it's an interesting vision, and I can tell that you've thought a lot about it in those long walks, I imagine. Oh, my God, yeah. (laughs) Chloe gets to hear about it whenever... and I, like one of my favorite parts about being recorded with Chloe standing here is that she has to resist the compulsion to like chime in because <laughs> she like would love to say something. So it's uh this is like an awesome superpower. Uh, but now I think like the future is really going to be like I think I think it's like going to be difficult 
but I think I think there's going to be really difficult learning like lessons to be learned and in, in 10 years it's probably going to be like from like things that are happening right now and political senses and uh, but I'm optimistic okay We've been talking for, I think, like a little bit over an hour and a half, something like that. And uh, this has been a conversation that has been in the works for a while now. And uh, we've been trying to figure out, okay. And we've been trying to get this, this conversation going. Um, so I, uh, I'm really thankful that we were able to schedule it, because I know yeah. it was a, a little bit of tough. Um, and uh, I had a lot of fun, because it was definitely worth the wait, definitely worth uh, all the you know, scheduling stuff. And uh, I want to give you the last few minutes, last few moments to speak to the microphone, whoever's listening through it, whether it's um, an athlete of yours, a patient of yours, uh, somebody, or, or maybe it's, it's John in seven years, like wherever, wherever you are, whatever, whatever kind of like how things have expanded and grown um, through those growing pains, uh, listening to like whatever John in 2018 is thinking, um, I want you to address them directly and uh, say whatever you'd like. The floor is yours. Yeah, I think if I were to say anything... It would, if I if I ever could say anything, it would just be um, to to find something that you care about so deeply that it like causes you to be emotional, like that, like that something that you connect with so strongly, no matter what it is, that like, and and then make that be like the thing that you do for your life like like and it's okay if that thing isn't um obvious like it might be difficult to have the thing that you care about be a very specific neatly packaged profession or job but like find a way to make the thing that you do no matter what it is reflect the thing that it is that you care about most deeply and then share that like as, as, um, as much as possible um, and in every moment and, and don't care if people don't care. Keep speaking and acting as if they just don't understand um, because um, you will make a difference if you don't quit but if you quit on the thing that you care about, that would probably be like, like for me, that would be like the loneliest existence is to like not care. Um, um, and, uh, and like let that like pour over into your relationships and, um, and, and, um, and have multiple passions. It doesn't have to be singular, but, but like at least find one thing and then just let that be a part of who you are and what you do and, and live it and exercise it and share it and, um, and, but, and be sensitive to those who aren't receptive. And that, that's what I would say. It's good stuff. Good stuff. John, thank you so much. This has yeah. been a, a true pleasure. Yeah, thank you. Uh, John Giacalone? Yep, John Giacalone on death. Uh, what is your name and how do you spell it? My name is John Giacalone, spelled uh, J-O-H-N. Last name is G-I-A-C-A-L-O-N-E. Giacalone. Is there, um, uh, where does that name come from? Uh, it's Italian in origin, um, but I believe it's like Southern Italy, but I'm from either 
Southern Italy or Northern Sicily, like in the name. I'm not sure though. All right, all right. Uh, what's your age? I am 34. 34, almost in the mid 30s. Or you're a I'm in my, yeah, I'd accept that I was not mid 30s. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. uh, what is your gender identity and preferred set of pronouns? Sure. Uh, gender identity, male, and the he. Uh, he, him, his. his. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. And when I say home, what do you think of? Uh, work. <laughs> yeah, like this, like here? Yeah, this is where I feel most at home, I think. Where, what, uh, how long has it felt like home, and what makes it home? Um, this has felt like home probably for the past two years. Um, what makes it feel like home is not just that I spend most of my time here, but that um, I'm, I think it's because I value my ability to be productive mm -hmm. and like I'm able to just be productive and creative here and also since my wife's here with me we we interact the most here mm -hmm. the people I care about I see here I spend the most amount of time interacting at work and the least amount of time purposely sometimes at home <laughs> or, like yeah. like home, the home. Yeah. Yeah, like the house where I sleep yeah, yeah. what uh I guess like uh that's so okay um yeah, you spend a lot of time here, you spend a lot of your effort here, and you're very creative here. Like, what, like, what makes it homey? Like, because, uh, you know, looking around, it's, like, the, have you spent a lot of time in, in gyms and, like, athletic facilities growing up? So, like, it's just, like, a very, uh, a very comfortable environment? Or is it something about the people that come in here and the work that you're able to do? I think it's more that the people that are here and the work that I'm able to do, like I don't, I'm, I don't think of home as a thing where you like sleep or eat or like the conventional sense of that. Mm -hmm. Just like I'm also the kind of person who doesn't think breakfast is like a specific type of food. <laughs> like um, um, it's just more like time of day that I ate. Mm -hmm. um, but with um, with this feeling like home, um, it's largely because of I, well. So I feel like most comfortable here because I've, I'm. It's like I'm living in the vision that I've been trying to mm. manifest, and like, and more so in the past few years, we've been able to like create physical substance of like ideas that we've had, and like they happen here, and so it's like I get I'm comfortable here because. It's like I've created this world that I'm in. You're like making it. Like it's yeah. like it's like yeah. Because yeah, I think that, um, and, and like personally as the interviewer, I was like, oh, he's like in the middle of like making shit happen. Like like it's like if if I had talked to you maybe like two three years ago, I think it would be a very different vibe. Like I'd be like less like oh shit, this is like really like this is some cool yeah. like this is like a really interesting time to be like sitting down and talking with you because it's so like I can tell things are happening between like the the, the uh, twice a year meets that you're able to do and like how they're expanding uh, I just think it's like a really interesting time yeah yeah no, it definitely is uh, what's something in the past six months that you have been proud of in the past six months that I've been proud of um, I think so um, actually it's where I live um, it was the first time that Chloe and my wife and myself um, it was the first time that we uh, became more adult-like <laughs> and like we found a place that we cared about together for the first time. Mm -hmm. um, we were living together before that but I moved into where Chloe was already living. Okay. And she wasn't really fully connected either to it. Mm -hmm. um, so 
we moved mostly by my own prompting and um, but we uh, were able to you know get a couch for the first time together and like pick out like things like furniture that we actually like felt expressed our personalities and like mm -hmm. the things that we liked which is like funny saying that because that like this does feel like home but then like in the past six months like my comfort level now at where we live home mm -hmm. it has become more home mm -hmm. whereas before I like where we lived previously I would identify it as just where I sleep I see um, sort of like a bunk like, yeah I, yeah I, and it was great it was nothing wrong with it it was but it was just not like it was just not anything that reflected us at all I see yeah because like when you yeah when you're able to move in into a place together versus just like uh, bumbling into the space like mm -hmm. that is already there it's like got some history there it's like the 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 way that the furniture is arranged is already like relatively static so you don't like get to like make those decisions together it's uh, being able to like walk into a place and be like well, how are we going to make this like ours not just like mine or yours yeah yeah and it's been like the journey that we're still figuring out of um like what Chloe cares about in terms of what we get and what I care about and we do a good job of like being sensitive to each other's wants and like it typically works out that the thing I don't care about she cares about and <laughs> vice versa so it's like not like compromise it's more like filling in like the others like like gap mm -hmm. um, but uh, it, it also like uh, has led to like me trying to be more handy so like us finding and trying is still like an active pursuit and a little bit of failing more so. <laughs> but I think that's why I'm so proud of that more in the last six months because we've done a few different things, but that like jumped out because of uh, it's it like we've been handling that just really well and really enjoying it. Yeah, it sounds like a very like uh, like a lot of growth happening. Yeah, like if if it would have been in the if we would have actually had a warmer day. I would have had you come to our apartment because it, it has an amazing view, like an incredibly amazing view that like you just can't get anywhere. So like, so like, yeah, so that, that, that is probably a part of why I'm so happy about that place. <laughs> nice. nice. Yeah. Uh, what's something in the next six months that you're looking forward to? In the next six months? Um, so I'm looking forward to in the next six months having an answer to where the our new work home is going to be mm -hmm. <laughs> um, we have outgrown this space so we've just started looking mm -hmm. um, and um, I'm hoping that it and that it would take me about six months to say like all right now I know this is where we're going to be and this is how we're going to do it and um, and I won't be in there in six months most likely but I'll at least have like that very important first step of where it's going to be will be answered. Gotcha. Because it's, I imagine there's a, a lot of considerations that you gotta gotta put forth, especially since it'll be like you have like a gym area, they have like the the body work area and mm -hmm. like that kind of stuff. So you need lots of different zones and like mm -hmm. appropriate separations and kind of stuff and mm -hmm. like room for expansion. Uh, what <laughs> what's a I don't know like a, how what makes you feel like you've outgrown this space. Um, so in the moments, so when we first had this space, it felt, um, like really, there's a lot of negative space. Like it was just empty, you know, mm -hmm. like there'd be a thing and negative space in like the sense of emptiness. Um, and, uh, and then slowly we started adding different services like the gym and, um, 
And before it was like there were some gym members and then there were patients. And like it worked in the same space because there weren't too many of either yet. And then the gym really grew and the practice for the patients grew a lot. And so it, sometimes it, it would like, it, would, it used to be occasionally there'd be a lot of both, but often it wouldn't, it would just be maybe more of one or the other, mm-hmm. but so there'd still be space, but it's happening with higher frequency that there are just too many people mm-hmm. and like but trying to like navigate um, where like, like if a patient walks in, like they're not sure if they're in the right place, <laughs> but they are usually like instantly drawn to it because mm-hmm. they know that like this is a kind of play, this is different, and like they they f- often feel like this different is going to be good, mm-hmm. um, but um, it, now it's like limiting my ability to uh, grow, and I can't I need to create a vision for people, and we have other ideas of what we want to add, but. I have to like use a lot of words to create the vision because people that with these new things I want to do, they don't see that here. So I have to make them believe that just because there's platforms and weights doesn't mean that we're just a barbell club. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's hard to do that when I only have enough space for platforms. I see. Yeah, like you're you're going through some some growing pains. Like yeah. you're growing, which is great. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like you gotta like shed the space and move on to something different. Yeah. Um, what are what are some of those other things that you have like envisioned, or have you not even really like had the time or mental space to like sit down and figure out like where like okay we want all we want to ex- provide space and growth for what we already have, but like what other new things are do you have like on your like back burner? Yeah. No. I. Uh think about it regularly. So um, we, one of the issues we've been running into is that um, when we do like an event uh, or a competition or like a, a workshop, we have to shut down the businesses to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, or we have to do it when the business is already shut down. Um, so we're limited. Uh, I'd like to have a space where there's um, like an overflow room, like almost like a mini event hall that could be multi-purpose where I could run like my fundraisers for our sports nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Um, we could do like the paint and sips and, and different things in that room regularly and like our competitions and we bring people in from outside to do workshops that could be in there. Um, I also want, um, we've been working closely with um, a like ballet instructor who puts out like the kind of ballerinas who are like trying to get in like large ballet schools in New York um, and she needs more space and uh, she sends a lot of patients to Chloe um, because oh. Chloe works really well with her girls um, so she wants to like meet, to sublet from us um, and it would be I'd like to have a co-op space where there were duplicating services um, but there could be maybe something like that where it's like it makes sense, but it would have to have it, enough space where it wasn't like ballet on top of a barbell club. <laughs> mm-hmm. The other thing that we want to add is um, I want to have a component for more like core body weight, like gymnastic kind of training. Mm-hmm. Um, we have that here, but we have like um, this concept of, I'm call- we, we're calling it like phase training at the moment, but the idea was like when you're getting older not even just like old but like even like me and being like entering into my mid-30s i've done bodybuilding and, and in terms of sports i wrestled played baseball i did the gamut of mm-hmm. sports um 
I competed in nationally in Olympic weightlifting. Um, like I've had times where I've been heavier, times where I've been lighter, I've been times where I've been bulky, times where I'm like kind of skinny. Um, but, but so at this point in my life, it's more like I'm identifying with like what phase I'm in, like where am I at? Like not like, oh, I want to train to be a weightlifter or I want to train to do this. It's like, what do I want to kind of experience right now in, in fitness? Um, what, and like the phase training ideas to help people to, who don't know exactly what they want to do, but they know they want to be active mm -hmm. is to help them identify with like a phase that they might be in and create and have programming to facilitate like, all right, so you want to be a little more like gymnasticy, develop your ability to control your body in space. Like we have a phase for that. That's our we do core carry, climb, crawl, and conditioning, <laughs> and then we create like mini circuits around that. Mm -hmm. um, and then the next one, phase two, is a little bit more um, push pull level changes. So um, like ideally, you are in phase two because you can already do the basic requirements of moving your body in space. So now let's add some weight to that and and like challenge you with some weight moving in space. And then three is a little bit more like special skills. Like you wanna experience powerlifting or bodybuilding or Olympic weightlifting, um, obstacle course races, which we're not gonna set up obstacle course races, but we can create programming for that. Or mm -hmm. uh, We have had tactical uh, members who um, have like done like hybrids of programming that's like meant for like someone in combat. Um, or police. Um, so, like, I want to be able to say, or like, instead of trying to push people into, like, this is what we do, I want to figure out what they want and, like, in an educated way on a spectrum of, like, movement, help them to see where they're at and, and, like, guide them through it. And mm -hmm. then when they want to change phases, we move laterally to the new phase. Like, mm -hmm. you're not, like, you're not this thing, you're just doing this because this is where you're at, and maybe you'll be at the next thing in three months. and then we'll do that. That's okay too. So and like building a strong foundational mm -hmm. way. So whatever, wherever, exactly. like whatever pivot you want to make, it's like, you don't need to be like, Oh shit, I don't know how to be upside down at all. Exactly. Yeah. And that's like, we have test ins and test outs for each phase. So even if someone came in and said, all right, I want to be an Olympic weightlifter, mm -hmm. um, or I want to bench press, like double my body weight. Um, we would still require them. We'd say, okay, well, we've created, um, a test out for phase one. So like shows that you can do push-ups, pull-ups, sit-ups, like farmer's carries with a percentage of your body weight for a certain distance in time. Mm -hmm. um, there's a few other things too where we're challenging push-pull, oh no, core, carry, climb, crawl, and conditioning. Mm -hmm. There's even a quadrupedal movement assessment. <laughs> so like, all right, you can do those things, great, but like, oh, if you wanna, you know, if you wanna snatch your body weight, but you can't like do a bear crawl, like we need to address that first. Mm -hmm. So so instead of telling people, no, you can't do that, it's like, we need, like this is where we're starting and that's like the end form of where you wanna go. So yeah, so there's like a, there's a, there's a test in, test out, there's like redundancies in place to catch like deficits that could lead to injury mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and help like people get strong in the right way without, I'm trying to also make it in a way where it's not like, uh, unattractive or unappealing or too much like homeworky like because I'm very much a test retest kind of person mm -hmm. but like people don't always like want that
So I'm trying, <laughs> I'm trying to like build the test retest into like the program gotcha. in a fun way. So they're working on the, in the phase programming, they're working on the things that they're testing out of mm-hmm. without even like really knowing they're doing it. Gotcha. Like, like they're, they're able to enjoy the daily training. They're like getting the like little like dopamine bumps, but like at, on, on the wall, like behind the curtain, you are like, like uh, making things happen. Exactly. So yeah. Yeah, it's like hit it in there. It's like I I like mushed up the pill and put it in an applesauce. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> um, but so like the I want to have like the ability to grow out this face training idea, which might change names, but the um, I want I want it to be like I want to be a real movement. Like we used to be, uh, uh, I used to refer to us as a movement center. Mm-hmm. Um, but the issue is is that like people don't really know what to do with that term, so mm. it can be a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, we went with Leah Valley Barbell because we were a barbell club first and only, and I used to be open like three days a week for the gym and like, we would just do a couple hours like, um, but now it's seven days a week and now we've got uh, over a hundred members and, and they are doing a lot of different programs. They're doing those things now. Um, so like I want to, the new space will pivot, like there'll be separation for mobility doc where patients can come in. I want to. We have clinical interns from DeSales for the DPT oh, program. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Yeah, so we, um, I want to have, like, more space for them and, uh, and potentially hiring in the near future. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that way, we, like, another person can grow in, within inside of us. And, um, and that way also, like, we have, like you said before, proper separation where patients can enter in one way, gym members can enter another way. I don't want it to be so separate that, like, I like that patients see people being active and get to see 80 year olds like doing squats and like six year olds climbing the rope because Mm -hmm. like it makes them like want to be better about the their like activity levels and like gives them something to to think about um um, so yeah because when you walk into so many gyms you like the the movement that you see is just like it's just a very low bar. Like yeah. it's just a, like there's it's no like cardio typically in the front. Maybe yeah. you walk into that, and then there's just machines mm. or like most like medical practices, like physical therapy or chiropractic uh, specifically. But pretty much all of them, when you walk in, like there's like when you when you're going to the doctors, there's already this like sterile perception of like what you're going to be walking into, and like it doesn't look like health. It just looks like uh, absence of sickness, maybe. Yeah. Um, like, they, in its decor, you know? Um, although, like, some of the new hospitals kind of look like big casinos. Like, uh, mm. but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you kind of do. <laughs> but, um, but uh, yeah, I want, like, we want, even on Mobility Doc, for, we, we, wanted to, we wanted to have, like, a flow between the two worlds of fitness and, and health but we, but there needs to be proper separation for people who just had major surgeries or have like severe sensitivities to sound and mm-hmm. like dropping barbells on the ground isn't really great for a person with like torticollis and like flinching constantly. Mm-hmm. But um, that'd be the big thing. And then I think like just like giving like proper room for like we just need more room for each one of these things to be able to grow and develop um, and. Uh, um, and powerlifting, which we had started recently, I need a little bit more room for the powerlifting and weightlifting teams uh, for to be a little bit separate, so that way the other 
gym idea that can like grow but not like push into like all the things kind of bleed too much in and then people feel like they don't have space gotcha yeah so that's what i've been thinking is that you got a lot yeah, yeah. I, I i like the ideas i think that it's just like man you got a lot of work to do Eddie. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah but that's what I, I that's what i like um i've like this has been like a good practice like i've like self-discovered um, that uh, as much as I enjoy being the person who's coaching and I enjoy being the clinician taking care of somebody, I really think that I like more so being the person who helps to like grow the idea and like helps to like to, to develop someone to do the thing I was doing. I used to think like I cared about me being the person delivering a thing but I, I don't care about like owning the delivery. Like I'd rather be in the background making sure that everything's running properly and like everyone has what they need. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so like I, I like, I operate best also under like significant pressure. Um, <laughs> it doesn't have to be significant, but like with the, the most we've developed and grown personally and professionally, we being like Chloe and myself, has been at times where it was like, well, uh, this, like my last space, I found out that the gym was dissolving and I was, I was subletting inside of that gym. Mm -hmm. And there, and I never had considered what happens when like another business decides to just not exist and I'm not on a lease. And they're like, well, we're dissolving. And this is like a Saturday, I'm training in another place like two hours away and like via text, you're we're gonna we're breaking our lease so you're gonna have to leave um uh, we're not gonna be able to be here on monday oh dang and i had like a full patient load on monday and like oh. let alone like that week mm -hmm. so like i managed to f be able to do this in, as a result of that and i had 48 hours or so to figure it out <laughs> so like a little bit of pressure goes a long way for me so it's going to be a big undertaking and expensive but um it's going to set us up probably for the next 10 years to like just be able to grow and uh, and enjoy that and and then um, maybe into a new chapter after sounds good